Welcome to the only show that breaks down, cracks up, skews, and reviews each week's DC Comics. I'm the mutated element X monster, Eric Shea. And I'm Jim Warner. And this is the Weird Science DC Comics podcast, episode number 445. 445. I, I think I'm as much a monster as just Jim Warner than anything else. At least that's what my family tells me. Eric, so and most of we're society. here. Yeah, most of it. <laughs> most of society does. It's very sad. The other half life I lead. That is true. We're going to find out just how sad my life is later in the mail section, thanks to Louise. You're doing writing. a DC and Comics podcast and you're an old man. Obviously, your life's pretty sad. That is pretty sad, and I get that thrown in my face every time I get in any sort of fight with my kids. I mean, they really do. <laughs> That's just go good read your right comics, there. Daddy. I'm like, all right, I will. I'll go there and ignore you just like I usually do. So take that. That's how I get them back, Eric. I ignore them just <laughs> you're, like you're I always do. You're an absentee do. father. No, I, I, I prove my point of being, you know, a big man, right? Like, I'm I was a, I'm always a big there. Man. Yeah, Dad, you were there, but were you really there? Was <sighs> I really there? I'm like, I don't know, but I can tell you maybe what happened in Nightwing 95. You, you want that, kiddies? I did actually, it comes like in handy at point. Maybe. Where Ethan ends up always trying to get involved, but he always gets involved in the wrong way. Well, he sends me a message the other day. Hey, Dad, what's up with this uh, She-Hulk being a, a GD lawyer? I'm like, it's part why of the Why does comics. he have to say goddamn lawyer? I don't know. That's why I don't know why you had to say. I said the GD. Maybe it was great darn. I don't know, but I don't know. He if gets it, all if upset. You, if that's where you put then your kid's an idiot. <laughs> what Ethan does is he ends up getting riled up, but he's not riled up. He thinks that he's riled up in a way that I'm going to appreciate somehow, but always thinks I'm a hater. Hey, Dad, I, I don't know ladies, why. tell me, why is this going on? Being in the comic stuff, like at one point he's like, yeah, just watch that Captain Marvel movie. Pretty bullshit, right? And I'm like, I don't know. I thought it was okay. <laughs> And then he gets thrown off. But yeah, I guess he thought that everybody was yelling about the She-Hulk, so he had to. And I said, no, no, I haven't seen it yet. But that is part of, you know, the continuity of her at some point. So, you know, go with it and see what you think. And he seems like he's already written it off because of the GD lawyer, he said. But hey, we're here to talk DC Comics, not Ethan. Just tell him not to worry. She's not a prosecutor. He doesn't have to worry like in real life. Exactly. Yeah, he's on the run. Uh, But here we are. We have a plethora of books. That means six in my world and Eric's as well. And they are some bangers in title, right? Maybe they won't be. Maybe they will be. We'll see how we think. And when we get to them, we are a spoilerific podcast. Just remember that because we're going to spoil the shit out of everything, Eric, including my outlook on life is what I think we're going to really spoil by the end. Maybe my pants. That's more soiled than spoiled, but it kind of rhymes. But with all of that, hey, everybody, go over to, you know what rhymes with blue? Blue. When you go over to the Twitters, make sure that you go and follow us at Weird Science DC. And if you do, we'll follow you right on back. Go to our website, weirdsciencedccomics.com. And you, you follow us there, we'll follow you back, too. I don't know what that means, but go and read all of those reviews that we put out each and every week from DC Comics. And then go to our Patreon patreon.com slash weird science where you can help us out for everything we do here on the regular feed including our tgif podcast eric that we did last night that's thank, thank god, god it's, it's friday. friday and we ended up doing a dark crisis tie-in special dark crisis young justice number three and the flash number 785 both tying into the dark crisis event and we like them you know differing varying you know, deals there. We oh, weren't as hateful as okay. some. I saw a lot of people hate that Young Justice. We actually thought that this was a bit stronger, you know, issue than it has been. I hope that maybe things turn around when we're revealed that Mixelplick Jr. is behind it all. 
that may make some sense, but I'm still kind of worried about it in the flash we like because we really ended up liking the the big baby idea of having knives, knives Mahoney knives Mahoney come into the regular. DC Universe and maybe be a villain for the kids, including in a world Maxine. where there's no Night Flash, but just wholesome, wholesome Flash wholesome, family. Wholesome, wholesome, yeah. So, yeah, we we like enough of that. We were trying to be a bit positive, not trying to be, but we did like some of those. So, if you want to go and listen to that, and plus during the midweek show, <laughs> I ended up talking about the first appearance of the Riddler. Not quite as dark as what Tom King was pulling, because in that another thing that we do on the Patreon is our Patreon spotlight episode, Bad Asses of the Get Fresh Crew. Uh -uh. They pick two books, and me and Eric go through those, and they pick The Batman, One Bad Day, The Riddler, number one. Just these long titles. These these titles, like, they're taller than me. DC versus Vampires, All Out War, (laughs) number two as well. That's true. I'm telling you, Nightwing might be taller than me. Uh, One hour and 40 minutes, that episode was. It was a, a banger, as some have told me, Eric. Did not mind his language, is what Andrew and Belfast said. But those two books picked by the badasses of the Get Fresh crew. And what we do here on the regular show is do a little bit of what we call the badass roll call. Ah, ah, Eric. Hey there, baby. What do you say? I'm talking comics almost every day. Uh I'm like the math teacher there trying to get all the kids with me, Eric. Here are the badasses. Now you made me laugh. Jeffrey Greek, Stephen Batdad Mitchell, The Annihilator, Ted Probst. I love Punchline, and I'm here to say we also got Stork and Michael S. Forrest Pauly, Cam, Matt Razor, D-Man 3000, Lady Abby, and Lord Andy. You don't realize you have to pay a little extra to get me to wrap your name in. Red, Matches Ballone, Niels Tewart, David Fink, Joey Barracasco, Stephen Bauman. You got Jason C., Ah, uh, and that's Sue 42 to you and me. To. <laughs> Michael G. Well, that, that's actually my backdoor plan to be rich. Ah, uh, you got Michael G. Ken Halleck, Comic Boom, Rocky, eh? Cellar Dweller, Mark Jager, Algin Stoja, Nick Adams, Ruben, Carlos, No Wolf Marv, Luke Hollywood, Simon. I'm losing my voice already. Luis, Manship. I don't know why either. Andrew and Belfast, Swanee, Anthony G., Josh Vermillion, my man Pete from NYC, and we got Batman Beyond Mark and Rob Lewis and B. Murin and Double A Ron from Minnesota. <laughs> oh, there you go. What a roll call. Hey, everybody. This is what show is this? 445. We're almost there. Eric, we've almost learned how to do this. Having some fun talking comics. <laughs> Eric's all upset. He's a man that needs organization. And no chaos. So with all of that, though, we're going to get to the books. We have a bunch of books. We have a bunch of Batman-centric books. Bat family in the house, Eric. As I say in the house, I don't know if I mean the mansion, the cave, the micro caves, the brownstone. I don't know. Mr. Brownstone, Me and the listeners are not your kids. You don't have to try to make us cringe and get embarrassed for you this entire episode. I think that's my play here. I ended up watching, and I I saw a, a very quick, explanation of comedy duos like me and you eric a comedy duo right and it basically says to have a good comedy duo one guy has to act like a real asshole and then the other guy has to get mad about it. i'm like i guess we have done it i mean really you're an asshole eric is what i'm saying but sure with all of that we're gonna go off i wonder what song we'll play to begin all this i don't know eric i'm gonna pick now it is dealer's choice but here we go 
Did Grayson had a problem with KGBs? And Nightwing fans felt like they had been fleeced. They got Rick Grayson and subscriptions decreased. The future was kind of shitty. Tom Taylor showed up, made everyone glad. Gave Dick a billion and he's rooming with Babs. He saved the three-legged dog from boys who were bad. The sky was the limit. Now it's the great Dick Grayson Fans service through and through Here is the great Dick Grayson So much better than me and you Ah yes, Dick Grayson, Eric. He's in two books in this first section here and... I just wanted you to giggle when it said the boys who were bad. That's why I put it in there. That's all. I just I need to get you a little happy here as I am, Eric, since I've drank about 80 cups of coffee and may have had maybe a little too much Adderall. I don't know. Who am I to judge, Eric? Who am I to judge? But with this, we will be judging some uh, books tonight. And we have a lot of Batman books. We have a lot of Bat-centric Bat-family books, as I said. And uh, yeah. And that's the weird play is when you end up having people complain about it, we always say you can't really get back at them by saying, well, no, that's not the truth, because it is the truth. The DC has a ton of them, but not a lot of selling at the moment. So you need that sort of thing. But not even all of these books that are even in the Bat Family line are selling or are bangers. But we'll see. We'll see how it is. Well, maybe. Maybe they're bangers and mash. I don't know, Eric. Grits. Maybe it's like, kiss my grits, right? Even the stuff we did right? over on the Spotlight and Patreon and stuff like that and TGIF, you know, we still had, you know, All Out World, which I still true. consider, like, even though it's DC versus Vampires, that's, that's, a D, that's a Batman family versus Vampires. Get the hell out of here. So, and then when we have, you know, what was the other one we did? The oh, Riddler. Yeah, exactly. Batman, One Bad Day, The Riddler. I'm like, right there. Like, we have taken some books off it, but half of them are still Bat books. That is true. That is true, Aaron, but here we are. And, and you know what? Fuck it. Young Justice is as well, because Rob and Tim Drake's there, too. Yeah, so you have, there's always going to be that connection. And it Batman's like, front and center of that cliffhanger. I, I love it. It's like the half a degree of Batman. It's that new game. You know, you don't really have to play. It's just, how is this book, how's this book connected to the, the wider Batman family? A because page. it is. Yeah, it's just like, it doesn't take much to get there, but... In all of these, before we go into it, remember, you can go and read reviews for most of these on our website, weirdsciencedccomics.com. All of the links that I go through will be in the show notes, even if they are in our campsite bio link tree deal. Just click on everything and, you know, maybe you'll get your identity stolen. I don't know. But eventually you'll find our <laughs> podcasts and websites as well, Eric. I mean, isn't that what you want to get? Isn't that the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow? I think it is. Uh, But we're going to have a book that we're going to start with, and it's Batman Superman's World's Finest, number six. And number six, that's a Kiss My Grits, number six, Eric. But in this, it's written by Mark Wade with art by Travis Moore, Tamara Bonvillon. I don't know about you, Eric, but... 
blocked and she reported. blocked and reported us <laughs> and as did a bit of car uh doing the art so you end up having this book that is pretty much the darling right now of the dc fans and i think it's something that they ended up grabbing onto because there wasn't a lot to grab onto plus the art was great yeah dan mora art this is travis mora art still pretty good but with that this this issue is not great. And I saw some people with Dick the review back in time in the circus when a circus was first a thing in South America is not a good time to you. No. And and what I think in this is this should have had maybe an issue or more to It just you end up where by the end, I have to admit that at one point I was a big encyclopedia Brown fan and I, I'm dumb. I can't figure shit out. So I would cheat, too. I'd look. And, and that's the funny thing. That's how bad I am, Eric. I would cheat by looking ahead when I'm not telling anybody about it. It's just me. But I'd still look and think I'm, you know, pretty fancy because I figured it out, even though I looked. Did your father used to spank you with a book because of it and say you're he not may the son have. of a whore? That's what he did. And then the next thing you know, I liked it. I but when you have this, you end up with a mystery. Dr. Riddler, he's the spanky. The mystery here ends up being something that you kind of it's weird it doesn't seem like you can it, it kind doesn't of play, play along. out the way you want it to do because you have a one issue with robin back in time in a circus in 1892 where batman and superman come back in time and accompany him in the circus but before they can go back to the present day back to the future if you will they have to come to terms with who's killing the men in the circus who showed up mysteriously out of nowhere and now we want to blame the animals for their deaths even though there's no hard evidence that's for blood on their claws to prove it and you that don't really know these out. guys. There's <laughs> no. not really a great setup. So what happens and why I said the Encyclopedia Brown? At one point, that damn Bugs Meany, that guy ends up saying he has a baseball card. And at the end, there was no way to play along. And it was just the idea of in this universe, that made up player never played second base. He was a shortstop. How the fuck was I supposed to know that? Like, there was no way to figure it out in the book. And this kind of felt like that. You end up having a mystery, you always, and you want to you play want to along. Encyclopedia Brown, but what I always go to is like the, the. For some reason, I don't understand why, but people put the original Friday the Thirteenth movie on this great pedestal, like they say it's the greatest in the series with Mrs. Voorhees. And the idea where you're watching this movie that has has the killer with POV, so you never know who's actually the killer until the end reveal. But throughout that movie, you have a lot of red herrings because it's a murder mystery. You're trying to figure out who the murderer is, and at the end, oh, I'm Mrs. Voorhees. You've never seen me before. I'm like, that's not how you play this game. I even got a little of that with Scream, but still, when you're going through all of this... You knew every character in Scream. Yeah, you end up, I'm saying, though, it, it seemed like something you kind of learn later. But this, you really, you meet the characters, but you're only going to meet, I mean, at the end, you kind of think, well, it has to be them. We didn't meet anybody except that lady making the stew and liking Superman. What about the juggler? And what about the clown? Yeah, but you don't really meet, and really, you don't even meet the other people. So with that, you have to go really quick, and it just felt like a filler issue. You even had Travis Moore on art. You don't have Dan Mora, almost like, hey, you know, Dan, you work ahead. We'll just do this. We'll fill it in. We have to get, you know, Dick Grayson back in regular time so we got but even then you just end up having batman and superman show up and like hey we did that thing that supergirl did pretty cool huh now let's do it again and get the hell out of here it's such a weird idea though because of what we're dealing with time because whatever they were doing back in corto maltese with the demon nezha's tomb and stuff like that and figure out how to do it where you had the temporal storm that you know jostled robin out of supergirl's like you know hands to where he fell in time and oh my god dick grayson the boy wonder he's dead we just get to the idea then like, all right, well, I guess I'm stuck in time somewhere. And I guess I'll leave a note underneath a boulder for Superman and Batman to find in the present day. But 
for some reason, just the logistics of it, it's like, okay, we're, we're here at Corto Maltese, Supergirl, she's going to go fly real fast to go back to the future with Robin. For some reason, him falling while they're already in the time stream, just to wind up back in the Corto Maltese in 1892, it feels like a weird play to be in the same place. But even when we have the idea, it's like, okay, Dick Grayson left them a note that he chiseled in stone and put under a boulder that Superman then found with his x-ray vision. Hey guys, come find me, Robin. I'm like, well, maybe a date might be nice. Yeah, maybe, a, yeah, exactly. But a, then we just use our supervision to see the tachyon particles to go back and follow the time stream. I'm like, it's really You're just fudged. making it way too yeah, easy. It's <laughs> just like way fudged. We're dealing with trapped in time. You're like, oh no, I got this, no problem. And the funny thing is, I, I'm reading some reviews and things like that. Out of it. And like you said, it's just like Robin wouldn't say, like, come get me 1898 or 1804 or whatever the deal is. It's like, no, come find me. plan to get to Marty in 1955 was way more concise than this. I mean, a lot of times they'll even go with the idea that Batman will show show how clever he is and say, oh, by this was before they did leap year and we have to do this and we got to do that and this is where they lost a day like he'll have all these things going on nope it just says come find me and we follow the tachyon particles and it felt weird now some people are playing it off as well that's kind of the golden silver age deal and i actually i actually go against it a little because i've read some things like this and boy that shit gets dense and wacky. It never is this easy. It's not, it's almost like, well, I'm going to do that. Then we go to the moon. Then we, you but know, put something up is, our not ass. Only just we, the idea because it's over the top kind of stuff. Because even like, so we used her trick, X-ray eyes capturing a tachyon trail to follow her note back through. To follow your note back through time as best we could. Once we found you, we didn't want to draw undue attention. So what did they do? Batman took off his cape, became a trapeze artist with Robin, and su- somehow surprised him in the middle of his act. And Superman's a strong man because he took his shirt off, and nobody can see the S and cape no more. He took his shirt off. He's I, like, I just love the idea that there's Dick Grayson. He goes back, and, and that I is guess- a Silver Age look right there with these three hit a freaking you know a circus. Yeah, I guess that the idea that when Dick Grayson comes over there, he's already dressed and he's not going to take it off. But you don't really have to worry about your secret identity back at Corto Maltese Still in cool the circus. Still a be a freaking trapeze act, though. It's kind of a weird play to show up like that. That would be like me showing up at Kinko's you, for... Uh, Jim, you dress for the job you want. Well, that's what I'm saying. I show up at Kinko's. I've already got the uniform on. Yeah, I'd like to apply for a job. They're Looks like, like, look you're at this already hired, sir. <laughs> like, and that's how you, the game why is Why are you clocking in? I'm like, oh my God, it worked. It worked. I don't like playing dress up. That's why I'm a failure. I, I in life. just felt it was odd. Now I love playing dress up. <laughs> That's why I'm a failure. In life. And the, the play of this, the circus actually doesn't feel that wacky here. Like it feels right. I mean, it does. But the idea this is why people don't trust carnivals or circus, because you're just going to hire anybody who just walks out, like swims out of the ocean. But also these other guys, you know, they're at least somewhat of the bad guys when you end up having the one guy and he's like i don't know i just got here but those animals they ate my partners you know i'm not going to tell you what we're partners in but hey they ate them you know there's some sort of money involved the bank robbery something like that the twist is that caesar the guy who's like the lion tamer and and the animal trainer he ends up not being but he ends up being part of it. He found out about this. And now they're in cahoots, but now he Three wants to take care. Three guys who came on the last time they were traveling came on to the circus to become like, you know, extra hands or whatever jobs they need to get done. Mm-hmm. Bunch of quiet guys, but they kept themselves. I like that okay they do a good them. job, right? They do a great job because they're playing undercover. Well, they robbed a bank and they're trying to lay low and like move from city to city un- incognito like Superman is when he takes his shirt off. But we have here, Caesar found out about it, and he wanted to get in. And then they just started killing off each other, because why split it three ways if we split it two ways? And then why split it two ways if we split it one way? I just want to know at the end, when you have these hardened criminals who are on the run from the wall, 
to come up against a lion tamer when you have the ideas like okay i'm gonna set a fire as a distraction so i get this guy who i'm screwing over and i get him inside of a lion cage i just want to know the point where caesar who's just a humble lion tamer maybe he is a badass because who tames lions in the free time and makes a job out of it? But, but he doesn't seem to love the animals. How does he get him inside the cage and lock no, no. it behind him? Because I'm already not trusting this guy who's already, you know, watched me off one of the guys. And then we work together to off another guy. He put like little pieces of like uh, Reese's pieces on Ooh, the ground. Like, oh my God. Piss candy, piss candy. Goes in. I don't know. There, there are some weird things. Also, I'm like, I need, I need to know the logistics of this because I'm not getting my ass into a lion cage. At one point when Robin is thinking of this and you kind of get the idea. Okay. This one guy, he seems real sus. He had to have killed his partners. And Robin says, boy, I have to figure this out before more animals get killed. I'm like, well, first off, I think that he's done with the plan. <laughs> like, there, he's not going to kill himself. The twist then is Caesar's going to. And then the big play is they start a fire in the big top. A lot of craziness going on. Everybody's screaming and yelling. And Robin sees that Caesar leaves the animals behind. Now, I, again. That's the tell. There are a lot of animal lovers. The There's animals also out. a lot of eye lovers. Like, holy shit, the thing's on fire. I'm out of here. I love the animals. I love myself more. I'm getting out of here. Well, Jim, just because you've never loved anybody but yourself doesn't mean that other people don't feel that way. That is true. See you later, family. I'm running. I'm like, I'm going to go get groceries. They're like, it's on fire. Help. You go, but yeah, that was the big But everything is really quick. It is. Again, this isn't a horrible issue. This is not Knives Out. This is not a great, like, you know, murder mystery thriller that you have to dive into and look at the clues. This is one issue of Batman, Superman, and Robin in 1892 in a circus trying to pass by while there just happens to be a murder mystery afoot. It just felt weird. Like, I guess they needed that month, you know, reprieve after the last arc and then going to the next one. which Which is weird because next up we have Boy Thunder. I'm like, that's right. We're getting back to that. That's our next big story. Boy Thunder. You would have thought, like, the idea of Dick Grayson being lost in time it would have been something a little more intricate something a little bigger something where batman you know that'll happen to him at a point this this continuity is very wacky so you don't know Uh, yeah exactly who knows what the world's so you don't know what the deal is with that but you could have had you know you could have had wacky stuff going on and this is just very it's very basic like you oh my god you guys found me i thought i was lost in time forever yeah i'd hate if that ever happened to me (laughs) yeah (laughs) also he's like you wouldn't be lost forever You'll die of old age soon. You're oh. not gonna like the, uh, but even then, you know, writing that on the rock and finding the rock, it's like you said, it's very Silver Age, Golden Age type deal. It feels more Golden Age actually for me than a Silver Age deal, but it also works maybe as a all ages type of thing that everybody can get involved. But it's skippable if you're reading this series. You don't have to read this to really get anything of it. If it's on your pull list, fine. But you even have a different artist. It's not that big a deal. It does go with the series that we had so far because it does like resolve the idea of what happened to the boy Wonder when he was lost in time. Weird, the idea where now we see, oh, that was just kind of set up to have this one shot and get exactly. out of Exactly. The thing that felt weird about the one shot is that we have Batman and Superman show up and say, yeah, we did that trick that Supergirl did. And also, she didn't want to come because, you know, she felt bad that she's the one that did this to you. I'm like, well, why didn't she want to fix her mistake then? Why did she want to leave me to die? It feels weird that I have Supergirl involved. What was the reason? I'm just a jinx. That, well, yeah, what was what? What is the reason? She cousin Oliver? Kara the jinx. What is the deal? Why? Maybe they just didn't want her there to muddle it, muddy it up. You just want the two there and you have the dudes in the circus because 
then they end up getting it. You have the old lady who makes the stew. She's after Superman. He's blushing. Hey there, muscly arms. <laughs> hey, there, hey there, big boys. Come up and see me sometime there, Superman. I like it. I wish that they would have just started young. He's a Superman. Oh, my goodness. Sure is. It's skippable. Batman, it's funny. Batman takes his cape, but then at the end, he puts it back on, and then they're all hugging, and then they're just going to disappear. And nobody wants to talk about a flying man and everything insane that they saw while the big top was on fire. Or even the idea after the big top burned down and Superman somehow, you know, flew out the top and then, you know, created a tornado with his breath and then flew all the flames out of there. That the next morning, magically, a new ten arrived. I'm like, all right, look, I know you're back in time. You're Superman. You can do whatever you want, but where did you get that ten from? <laughs> Who knows? Maybe he followed the tachyon particles to the latest tent store. I know the thing is you can get a tent here because of who you are. I know that in a normal day, Bruce Wayne would just throw some money at it, but you only got Bruce Wayne money in 1892. Did you steal somebody's tent and bring it over here because you felt bad? Yeah, I don't know. At the one point I love where Superman busts through the top and then he starts blowing on the fan and Robin yells out, the whole tent is waterproof with paraffin. You'll just spread the flame. I'm like, I don't know what you're saying, but hey, I'll go with it. Oh, I'll tell you, that seemed like the smartest bit about this for some reason. Like, <laughs> it, it seemed, seemed like, like this it, really unneeded little detail about the idea about in 1892, they freaking sealed the tents with paraffin to make it waterproof. Or maybe that's something they still do today. I don't know. Maybe. I'm not a circus major. But I don't know. that this is a really big detail we needed to make sure that was in this book felt really odd. I think that, again, We're I think Mark Wade's having fun that bad, with it. But that paraffin no, tent, we got to make sure I think people that know that's about this. something like in the day, I think Mark Wade's playing with the idea because I'll go and I'll read some older, everybody does, but I'll read some older stuff for even podcasts read. and things like that. And a lot of times, like when I read The Metalman's first appearance, you end nice. up having that. But then you have the next page after it that actually describes all of the metals. And all the like, all these neat little tips of them. And it felt like that was something that. Did you know that mercury is the only metal that's liquid at room temperature? And just to let everybody know that that is the joke of mercury. That guy is hard and heavy the minute that he is in her tube. I'm like, that's all he's Just got. like me right now. Hard and heavy. Little like, hey, if you kids, you want to know about these metals. And I kind of got the feel that he was trying to play that sort of thing off. But yeah, when you end up where they say. We used her trick, X-ray eyes capturing a tachyon trail to follow the note back through time as best of course. we could. And even, I do like the idea Batman figures, well, I know, Rob, and I think that he will leave a note at the only place that we would know that he would go to. Then I'm thinking, well, Batman, you're lucky he didn't like fall off into the middle of Egypt or something. I mean, you really got lucky because he really can't go that far or whatnot. But like you said, it was weird that he fell off right where they were. Anyway, and even the idea so. that he got a job in a traveling circus, but they're right where they need to be still. Well, you know, they're not traveling so much yet, Eric. The the traveling will come the next day. Like Dick Grayson feels like he's in, uh, like you know brought himself to this entire life to where he seems to have his own trailer. I don't know. Oh yeah, I mean he really took how really long was he quickly. here? I, I don't know, Eric. Maybe all of time. Yeah, yeah, and I think that the play is listen. These idiots in court talking about that they love that giraffe. We are here for months. They keep paying us money. We're just going to stay here. This is the I greatest. I kind of wish so. for some reason it would make no sense at all. The, the people that Robin is going around with and showing when Bruce and like, you know, Clark show up, like Hester's a full stop, like is full stop the most talented juggler I've ever seen. 
wherever we go, he always sends half his weekly paycheck back to his wife and two kids. Seems like a weird detail. We're, we're doing, you thinking but... that first off, that money will never get there. Plus, no, there is no, no real paycheck. It's actually going to be cash money, it's right? Fine. I think it's we're never going to make it. In eighteen ninety-two, no, like, it's never. We invented it. fire eating techniques that are still used in our time. She had polio as a kid and wanted people not to notice her for this. Pagliacci speaks nine languages and tell dirty He's my jokes favorite. in all of them. And then the Rudolfos <laughs> called themselves the Living Maps for a decade. They made a point of getting a different tattoo at every stopover. And for some reason, when I had these here, because of what you have with like clown and fire breathers and stuff like that, I wanted these to be some kind of weird, like, like you know, Gotham like s kind of like you know rejects, or they're like the Joker's like a part of this, like even though it's sass. just a crime. Like, there's something there. Like we're not we're the tattooed man, even like you know, yeah. there's something that feels like it's connected somehow, even though it's out of place at a time that makes Robin, even though these are awful threats in his perfect to make him feel like more at home, just because these are things that are very close to home. Like Pagliacci speaks nine languages and kills people randomly. So when Dick Grayson gets back to the regular timeline, he can go up to the rogues then and act like he's Dorothy from The Wizard of Oz. You were there, you were there, and they'll just kill him. I don't know. For some reason, just to have that weird little duality of what's going on here. Look at him. He, he's there. T- he's telling everybody the aristocrat in every language he Anybody knows. Here with the, like, even like the, a juggler kind of thing. All of these people here could be supervillains in the 1892. Yeah, it would be, it would be kind of cool. Uh, but you're in out. It gives it a little flavor. You get that idea that Dick Grayson, as we know, is very comfortable in a circus. Does remind him of his parents, stuff like that. Makes him sad because then he remembers they his parents. They solved the crime. I would have laughed if this whole crime is set up and then Mark Wade just screws with us and he's like, we got to go, Robin. He's like, oh, well, it really doesn't matter that much. And they leave. Uh, but they end up thwarting the deal and now we realize that the circus is fucked because they don't have a lion tamer oh, no, my uh, and now the lion now <laughs> the acrobat's gone the strong man <laughs> running rampant through the and that's Three the other thing ha- like you know one two of her hands are dead and the other one just got arrested for bank robbie the They're other screwed. one was the, our lion tamer was arrested for bank like an association of bank robbers and murder the next night, it's a packed house. Everybody's heard of the strong man. Hey, Pagliacci, get out there. Do that man, Pagliacci's then. Now he's on the trapeze. The trapeze, he dies as he's trying to fill in. He's telling a joke. And then, yeah, tattoos. They're walking around showing their tattoos. Oh, my. Ah, uh, yes, but... At the end, it, like I said, it, it's not bad. It's, Esther, go and juggle us up some axe. We're dying out here. And the lion has just killed like seven kids. But Simba, it still looks good. It's not as good as Dan Moore, but Travis Moore does a good no, job. It's, good. it's it's pretty good. And it's just one of those things. Like you said, the only reason you need to read it is you know that, oh, that Dick Grayson, he came back from Thank being goodness. out of time. They found him. Super, super girls embarrassed. Very odd. But now we're ready to Killed go to meet jinx. the boy Thunder. And I hope that'd be great if she just goes by that and then slowly morphs into Cousin Oliver. I always thought Cousin Oliver was John Denver's son or something. Not a great look, Eric, that Dutch boy haircut. But yeah, we'll see the boy Thunder. I'm actually looking forward to how that plays out. That seems like more It's a crazy, weird Silver Age deal. Exactly. So what would you give this? Ultimately, like you said throughout this whole thing, it is a bit of a filler book that the... The murder mystery never really gets there. It's just a way for the story to actually feel like it makes sense and is worthwhile when Superman and Batman show up. Like, we got to stick around. There's a murder mystery afoot, gang. But it ultimately just never comes together, and it's kind of silly by the end. And if you want to have some Silver Age fun, go and get it because it is the you know the world's finest in Robin all together in the freaking carnival in 1892. It's a bit of fun there, but ultimately I'm going to give it a 6.8 out of 10. Yeah, I'm a little higher than you, actually. I'm a 7, slightly. Uh, just, you know, the art's good, like you said. And I was just thinking as you were talking, the idea... 
Yeah, if, if you just want a nice little adventure, it's something you could give this to, you know, a kid that maybe wants to see what the big daddy. Give my kids my comics. Hey, big daddy, what do you read? And they're like, well, you can have this one. Mess this one up because it really doesn't matter. But it's something that's cool and keeps with that, you know, nice feeling that you get with this book that some people call emotions. I They're foreign to me. I, I don't know what that really means. But it's something the top that people shelf say. Your kitchen's foreign to you. <laughs> that is true, Eric. Also, any flight of stairs, I, I try to avoid. The next book, though, I'm not going to avoid, Eric. How about that? Is that a segue? I'd like a segue to maybe get my ass to the to the refrigerator. Batman: The Night, number eight, written by Chip Zdarsky, art by Carmine D. Giadamonico, Ivan Placencia, and Pepper. So nobody blocked us on that one, Eric. We're going to yeah. continue and get near and you don't know the that. ending <sighs> of this series. I keep forgetting. It's funny because later we'll talk about Black Adam. I keep forgetting that's twelve issues. I keep forgetting this is ten. And uh, when we get to this, you can see we're getting to the end game of it. We're going to see what goes on. And just as an aside, the end game is better than this issue. Well. And a lot of people love this issue. I did not. Now, some people were worried about this issue. I think that that was kind of silly. But even by the end, it feels like the story doesn't have 10 issues. And we're kind of like, let's push you this one a little story further. Issues if you had this guy who's one of the smartest men in the world that Bruce goes to, this Dr. Daniel Captio, who is a master of understanding his own mind and how to use that, that Bruce wants to learn from, how mastering your like mind over matter, not feeling pain, you know, disassociating the mind from the body. Because I thought this is where... Bruce is going to learn the idea of the Zuren uh, to really, like, you know, focus yeah, that the idea if something cool. ever happened to his mind. There is a backup, a failsafe to tie into the actual Batman book. And we don't do any of that here. But you had the perfect opportunity to freaking tie something all the way back to the beginning of Bruce Wayne's, like, you know, trials to become Batman. And like, no, best die here. And you're saying that some people might think it's crazy, but right now Chip Zdarsky's doing that in the regular Batman. That would have been really clever to do that. And I didn't even think of that. So I give you kudos there. Also, the idea of this. I, I just wanted a little more. And what I was going to say, actually, I actually forgot. I'm a little flighty. Oh, but bad. what I was going to say is as the solicits have been released this week for November, you see that some of this Batman the Night seems to be setting up what might be a story later about some of these trainers and things like that that are being killed. So when you that do that. Story. Yeah, I, well, I know. It was a dream machine. <laughs> I want more than just this Lou Gossett Jr. looking dude that just he doesn't do much. You don't really get enough in my mind of explaining exactly what he's doing, what he's going. And when you said the Zorn art stuff, it really would be cool if Bruce realizes by the end, this guy's like tricking. He's mind controlling me, this guy. But instead, he's just tricking him with, you know, fake documents here. I, I. you know, gussied up this photo. I, oh my and, God, this whole idea where. Like, those aren't the mind book, games that I think this guy would play. Our right? entire book, though, is based on the idea that Batman keeps, wherever he goes, he keeps having things sabotaged to him. He's like, it's got to be that Anton because, you know, he keeps getting trained by these people and he's a bit of a dick. I know that he's the one doing something. I got to be more like him because he's just playing with me right now. I got to be a sociopath to match his psychopath. So I'm going to learn how to disassociate my feelings and my mind from the job that I need to get done. So I'm going to go to Dr. Capio here. But in the end, when you have the whole thing being Rachel Gould took a liking to you boys, he wants you over there at the League of Assassins. And also to do that, he's been testing you and Anton along the way with all this stuff, but in the shadows. And also, it seems like he might have paid Dr. Capio to be a part of this, where they then doctored up photos of his girlfriend from high school and Alfred being murdered together. <laughs> like, 
I'm like, this is not working out. Together. See, and, like- and it's not working out. And what I needed to see with this, because at the beginning of the series, and, and again, this doesn't ruin the series. I still no. do like it. We really like last issue. I just feel like it's a down issue for what we're dealing with, because now we're getting to the end game. I think it's a down issue because it does seem forced. It just kind of happens. And like you said, the idea that all of a sudden it looks like Raish has been behind it all. Well, you came to this part and we didn't see like something that pushed him towards him. Or something that did this. And in the meantime, still, I think that Chip Sadarsky still screwing me because I was already mad that Anton slash Ghostmaker had killed one master. He's killed two now. And I'm like, well, how many is they he going to kill? Too. And well, he says that. They we saw that that wasn't quite the first one. That was a little off. And now when we don't even see what he actually did or what happened, I don't trust that guy at all. But I do. I kind of like the idea, but not quite the idea that Bruce thinks that to be the best Batman, to go back to Gotham, he has to be more like Anton, even though by the end it almost feels like, and it's not done. He still has to go to Rachel Ghoul, but almost like he gets kind of like, you know what? The power was always within me. I need to care. That's not what I need. My humanity is my, yeah. my strength. And, and But that seemed like that's too much of a thing to just throw into one issue that involves, hey, look. These people were killed that you loved. Oh, no, I'm going to get that Anton. Oh, my God, Anton shirt. Oh, oh my, my God, I'm going to get this guy. Anton happens to be right here, right now, and he's on the verge of death, and somebody's going to here to battle me that just battled him. And even Weird. then, like, I thought in my mind, like, Bruce, like, are you that dumb? Even though it, it's not what I thought, but I'm like, Anton's there. This is just more of the trickeries. This is not, this can't be right. This can, it can't end up being that much a coincidence here. And it is. And then it's just this guy. Yeah, He's I want to fight you. Idea you got to go to race. enough time to really play any of this stuff out and how it just is thrown at you. But one of the big things that I wish we would have played with more besides for the idea of this, you know, Dr. Captio and just being kind of bored and wanting to study Bruce's mind and play with him because he's kind of a weird puppet master kind of guy. But when you start off with the idea that Bruce is there studying with somebody who calls himself Sky Spider, it's all about like doing human fly stuff and grappling down buildings and stuff. But when... The whole basis of Anton slash Ghostmaker's costume is based on her mask. I think we should spend a little bit of time dealing with that because that seems like a big deal for Anton. Yeah, he he likes the mask there, and and he is the Catwoman, Eric. I don't know. You end up with this, and some people thought that the when Catwoman. you ended up having this deal going, hey, they were in love with each other and whatnot. I think that was overblown. Uh, though I also I think that, that the, here. I think that the way that it was explained of that, you know, Anton broke your heart. I, I think that was a little bit overblown in the issue itself, too. I, I think if I was Bruce, I'm like, no, he just kind of pissed me off. And I, I kind of got mad. I don't know if it broke his heart, but he ends up, you know, going through all of this at one point when, when I was paging the idea of his loved ones. I kept waiting for it to show up when he's talking about Dana, when he's talking about Alfred, his parents and stuff like that. I expected him to at least say Anton, too, for all this, the people we're talking about online. But. Anton was never brought up. Yeah, I'm saying, though, he had pictures of them being, you know, murdered. So he's yelling about those. But when he's there, he kind of in the in the know. He seems very concerned. You know, is he OK? Please make sure he's OK. But it's just, you know, him and his buddy, you know, his murderous buddy who's now killed two of their mentors. But with all this there, I just I thought that it was just out of nowhere to just get somebody. OK, what can we do? Well, let's have somebody who does mind control stuff. Not exactly mind control, just kind of a puppet master kind of guy who likes playing, toying with minds and stuff because he's all about the human experience where he's a guy who's aware of like duality of the idea that everything matters to some like, you know, aspects in life, but nothing matters ultimately. Well, and he sits himself deal. away from humanity because, you know, people are stupid and this is what he does. But he gets bored with this, like, you know, life and the existentialisms that he's put himself through. So now that Bruce Wade is here and he has a very interesting mind, this guy wants to play with it a little bit. 
Well, and really what this guy can do, he can flip a switch and become a guy who has no emotions. He's a sociopath at this point, but then he can flip it back. It seems back and forth. That's what Bruce wants out of him. He wants to go out at night as Batman, be able to flip a switch and not care about anybody, not care about what he's doing. But we all know that that is his strength. He has to care. That's why he's doing this. That's why he is training. In the about I didn't see any of that in Tom King's humanized Batman series. Well, that's well, he cared. It was just through very much anger and screaming, Eric. But he ends up where, you know, he doesn't want anybody else to get hurt like he was. That is the care. He can't just go out and say, OK, I'm a robot. I'm going to take them down. And so with that, oh, though, there's not that. much to this. It really does. Yeah, I was doing. I was doing robot arms. While Even I was like doing Anton that shows at the door, all being like, "This guy, he's the one who's been doing all this stuff to us." Oh, I should have known it. I'm going to go out there. and I'm going to end this because I still think, for some reason, that Dana and Alfred are dead. Even though I'm going to find out very shortly that it was all a ruse. But Bruce Wayne, my name is Harizuma. I'm known how in the, I'm known out in the world as the Still. I'm like it's still you make alcohol, but yeah, I've been watching yeah. you. Makes the moonshine. Great interest. That's a sidekick moonshine. So like, Go to hell. <laughs> Excellent. Let us see what you're made of. And this is it. Just becomes Bruce. You know, with all the training that he's done to be the best, and actually says at one point, "I am the best." So he has, you know, a big head about himself. This guy who's like known throughout the world as to still beat the shit out of Anton. Bruce Wayne comes in here, and he's able to his feelings aside or use his humanity as his strength to overcome the still and it's just at the end i i softened them up for you bruce it's from anton so ultimately this guy who's this big bad who should be the ultimate foe bruce is overcoming in what feels like kind of an easy way and then saves eric but also i think he might be a vampire i'm not, not sure vampire. i'm looking at the fangs eric those are vampire fangs that you I, see i want you to look at your own teeth <laughs> now, i'm telling you you look at page 22 you I'm see right one on set of teeth and then you get another that bottom deal, those are jumping out as fangs. Those are not regular teeth. I have teeth. teeth just like that. No, there's then you're a vampire because those are pointed out and both are very big. This is my canines. You got some really odd canines. And the way that it's centered on, it does look like Bruce is the one, then the other guy's the other. And I do think that we're going to find out because I think this still will fi- maybe even come up in the new. It might even be the murder that they're talking about in that solicit. I bet you that this guy's the vampire. So, so that's like 20 why years later, night. he still is coming back for revenge. And he's not going to have aged. He's a vampire. So there you go. He's going to end up coming back as the vampires. But all of this does is basically we need an issue to get Anton back with Bruce. And they have to go see Ra's al Ghul. That, that's all this ends up being. And when Bruce comes back, he finds, oh, you doctored those photos. You were messing with me. In a way yes. that it seemed, in a way that seemed like it was like, well, I wanted to see if you had learned your lesson and can turn off the emotions, but you can't. I wanted to see a man cry. Yeah, it just ends up <laughs> where it doesn't really play out the way it should. All Come it is on, is Anton, to get Bruce really jerk. angry. I, I know, I'm telling you, this is the guy Anton should kill and put a bullet through his head. And they're like, let's go. This guy's got nothing for me because I like the emotions. And then you get the classic with this guy. Ooh, interesting to the end. You are. I love it. And like, the face. Also, I didn't get the idea at the very beginning, just as a side, when you have Bruce coming in, like this guy that I'm going to see my, he leads a nomadic life that he goes through all this. I'm like, no, he's kind of got a castle. He's just hanging. But it's an amazing place. It's like, yeah. And I like, that's not very nomadic, but we'll go with it. It's a little dramatic, but. By the end, I just felt like this was a little interlude, something that we kind of needed to set up. To get the Ghostmaker back on board. To get the Ghostmaker back on board. 
and you throw in a couple trainers. All right, Ghostmaker, or actually, he's not calling himself Ghostmaker. Okay, Anton, that that vampire man at the bottom of that chasm over there. He said I had to go to the Crystal Hill he's in Abu Dhabi. Let's steal this guy's car and go there. Road trip. Road trip, and yeah, they're like, oh my goodness, the the Bruce Wayne stealing a car. Do you take a shower with your clothes on? You end up where he just they they go off and they're going to go to Rachel Go probably to sword fight bear chest. For some reason, the weirdest line in all of this though is when when they say, "Let's go find Mister Rachel Go." I'm like, "Cause a Mister Rachel Go, Mister Rachel Go," and it looks good. It it still looks really good. Uh but yeah, really, it it just felt like not a full story here. It just felt like something where well, that's the thing is, I really thought this was like the perfect part. You and then you could have if you would have put that in. Now we get something big because a lot of these things have given us that. Oh, that's where he got that idea. Oh, that's why he likes Catwoman. Oh, and it that's why he does that with what Chips and Darcy's doing in his current Batman run. And I thought that was the perfect play to have some synergy and like crossplay with what World's Finest is doing with the Robin book. Yeah, even if it was the idea that this guy kind of was able to mentally suggest some things and he felt compromised mentally that he would even say to himself, "I gotta." figure something out to stop that later whatnot but yeah you don't get that he ends up punching the guy out which is kind of funny he's like smartest man in the world you didn't even see that coming (laughs) i don't know that you see somebody whapping you in in the face he's no question i'm a dummy i saw that punch coming i know well you know a lot of times those really smart guys they have no common sense he's not street smart eric he's cliff smart he's on the oceanside mansion smart it's not street smart. Pretty not a lot smart. of streets there. <laughs> I wish I was that kind of smart. <laughs> they just drive off and you end up having, you know, they're there like Malibu Stacy driving off in that car off to go see Mr. Rachel Gould. They're like Malibu Stacy driving yep, off they're in, in that, that car. car there. They look like little action figures in there. You know what I'm saying. Uh, but wait, it's like no. Daytona, USA. How about that? It looks like a video game. They're California going around. Rush. Yeah. So with all of that, I need that. I need the Daytona that I swear <laughs> to God was Sammy Hagar singing it. It it always felt like it was him. Uh, but by the end, it's going to be continued, by the way, Eric. It's issue eight of ten, so we know that. But by the end, yeah, what did you give it? In the end, it's a bit of a down issue for me. I think the art's still great, but the idea feels squandered for dealing with the idea that Bruce Wayne wants to figure out how to, like, you know, control the do the mind over matter situation, mind over body. And it just feels like, okay, here's the racial goal. Here's Anton. And let's move on. It felt like a really missed opportunity overall. So I'm going to give it a 6 out of 10. Oh, my God, Eric. I knew it. I am, too. And 6.3 out of 10, I said. It's funny that you gave it a kiss my grit 6. Because that's what I was going to give it as well. But it's one of those things where a lot of times when we say this is kind of just a stopgap, you're going to go. And when you say at the end, we're going to Rachel Gould. Mr. Rachel that's big I mean then you're excited oh my god Anton's back some people like that and it you know? ties into Rachel Gould training Bruce Wayne and Tom King's Batman killing time and now. It, it does it ends up you know unfortunately getting all that going and it's fine but Maybe. with all of that going down first off what I like to think if we're going to think ahead or whatnot you will think okay what would Rach like is Rach going to actually like Anton a lot? Because Anton looks like he's the guy who will do the deal. He'll end up going to that extreme. No, Jim, because that's the same thing. Why the reason that the help wasn't going to be there, like the and uh, that's the what I, And I'm not even going with the help, but that's what I like. The idea that you would guess or some people would say, no, no, no. You need a Batman who has that conscience and has that because you need somebody who's going to do the right thing. So you end up where I think that that's kind of a cool setup. But when you go through this issue, and we said it already, you know, with the Zoranara stuff, but 
you have this thing that you realize, okay, we're just going to get Ghostmaker back and go off. But that's when you really see, in my mind, when you see the really, really good writers, and I think Chip Zdarsky is a really good writer, so I'm surprised he didn't do it, where they end up making something that seems so little, like, oh, this was just a setup issue. That, oh, my God, they did that there. That makes everything elevated, and that would have done it. That really, really would have. That's one of the best script doctoring you've had, Eric. Mwah. Because that would have really went with the theme of not just showing you, hey, here's the trainers. The thing that I think impressed you from the beginning, because you were a little wary of this book, was kind of the subtle things that Chip Zdarsky was doing to show, oh, that's why he ends up doing that. That's why he has that plan in place. That's why he did that. It's not everything that's just like, bam, wham, thank you, ma'am, in your face. It's kind of the set. And that would have been really cool. Where even if he said, you know, I'm going to have to figure out somewhere I don't get mind whammied again or you know controlled like that or whatnot i thought would have been pretty cool plus i wish that if we had this training and he paid more attention he could have gotten out of the damn nightmares in that tom king deal he should have been able to get out of that whammy jammy which would have been nice would to have been get tied out. into the idea of like you know the dream machine the lump put him into yeah. in final crisis and stuff like that yeah stuff like that would be cool and that's what we've liked about this series besides what's like right in your face of just hey, this is who trained him and did this and whatnot. It's been those little subtleties that you get. Ooh, that's what gave him Here's that Mr. Kink. Miracle at. Yeah, that's what gave him that. Yeah, really. That is a big one. That is a big one, actually. Now that you say it, we have Not two anymore. more issues. Yeah, we'll see. We will see, but we'll move on to the last book of the a section. And it's the one that had the song from the beginning, mostly. Right. And it's Nightwing, number 95. It wasn't for It's World's written Finest. by Tom Taylor. Well, it was for the boys who were bad, Eric. It's written by Tom Taylor by Bruno <laughs> Redondo. Uh, Caio Felipe, Adriano Lucas, and Wes Abbott. I ended up looking up how to pronounce that because I would have, I don't even know what I would have said or done. And I've been a little bit down on this book uh, with the idea that we don't have a lot of progression. It felt like fan service. You end up having everybody save Dick Grayson's ass. I don't mind it here. I think that this is and one of the better out. issues. I was, so, I was so happy you said that because Mike's sitting there like, uh, God, we have the Justice League, we have the Teen Titans show up. I'm like, I'm going to be, he's going to hate this because it goes with the same thing we had before. I'm like, but it works so well here. With it works what's out going better on here. In Bloodhaven. Yeah. And it works out better because in this, like, you can say that some of the other times it was the same, but for some reason, I get the vibe here more that this is Dick Grayson's plan and he wants to get this done and he needs people. So he's going. The others always had to be like Tom Taylor seemed to be showing, look, everybody likes Dick Grayson. They'll just show up and do things and they'll make sure and somebody will do this. This seems like it was the full plan. It's like an Ocean's Eleven deal where you have this stuff going on and you but do not only, get. Like, I said the Justice, I meant the Bat family. Though, yeah, but the Bat family. The Teen Titans, the entire Bat family, but also like. You know, Batwoman Batman because felt weird, though, well, I thought, Batwoman but... felt great just because of the Maggie yeah. Sawyer connection, just jumping in. Like, I, I I have a connection with her. If you need help, they're like, you know, I'll come over to Bloodhaven and like work with you. I'm like, that's really cool. The idea, because even, you know, last issue when it's talked about Maggie Sawyer becoming the police commissioner of Bloodhaven, I'm like, well, what's going on you with made special the special crimes in Metropolis? So I'm like, yeah. I want to deal with that. Even bringing Dan Turpin in felt weird because I don't have no idea what he's been up to in the new continuity if he's alive I like or he's not. just walking around like Polly Walnuts behind <laughs> Maggie. He's just, <laughs> he just waiting Dan Turpin and Maggie Sawyer here, but I'm so happy that you can like you know made that connection to like you know batwoman what they went through at the beginning of the new 52 because it feel we feel so far removed to that point and even whatever batwoman's doing because you know you know she was in gotham and then she went to metropolis and now she's in bloodhaven like all right you know it's a full we're doing some stuff with maggie story and hopefully it's as cool as her teaming up with atomic skull for the special crimes unit metropolis because i want more awesome. of that at one point when you have Dan Turpin and the atomic skull 
I really wanted I really wanted at one point because yeah, Dick say, Hey, you know, you came really well recommended from Superman. I wish they would which one? Because I don't think John would know that has to be the Clark yes. Superman that would have done it. But in this book it's so heavy on the John that I wish there you mean, you know, the the older one or the I've never met that kid a day in my life. I don't yeah, know what you're really. talking about. Yeah, you have people in this that end up the thing with Batwoman is either you're going to be like, oh, you know what's going on. You're like, oh, there's that. Tom Taylor kind of pushes the idea and wants to spell out DC were jerks and hard headed sure. and whatever. So he throws it in. Some people had problems with that Jess line. Was and I'm like, when the Batwoman didn't get married. That is a line there that I think that Tom Taylor hasn't been as subtle in this book with where you end up having her explain why they didn't get married. And it ends up if you're in the know, you know exactly, but you don't have to be. You can think that she's just talking about herself. And I thought that was a pretty cool play. I thought that it that was a, really a pretty cool, cool play one. Because what you have here when Batwoman and Nightwing actually take out a group of, you know, Blockbusters boys to try to clean up Bloodhaven is like, you know, uh, what's that? What's with you two? I thought you and Sawyer were close. We were. I was supposed to marry her. Uh, why didn't you? And I'm sitting here, I'm like a little personal Nightwing, but a mixture of stubbornness, stupidity, and fear. So I told myself I was doing it for her, but it's the biggest mistake I've ever made. That's a little add-on for, for Batwoman, obviously, but that first one, a mixture of stubbornness, stupidity, and fear. I'm like, that's DC. Yeah, DC would not allow them to get married. They were supposed to get married in the New 52. They didn't, and then the creative team on the Batwoman book quit. They ended up leaving, so you end up having, where if you're in the know, you see that. It's a little shout-out to the fans, but if you don't know it, it just kind of goes by. And then Batwoman became a vampire and went to space. Yeah, really. <laughs> vampire, them really sus things in that, too, really. I forgot all about, like, the vampire stuff. Got a little, yeah. little too sexy in my mind, Eric. A little too rapey in a lot of people's minds. I didn't want to say that, but that's what well, it was. I a little too rapey. rapey. Sexy, so well, I didn't mean that. I just kind of meant there was some sex going on. I was keeping it, you know, on the down low, but yeah, it got rapey. But you end up where, well, so did Aquaman, though, later. So you have a lot of that going on in the new 52 into the DCYOU. But yeah, in this, you end up having Blockbuster, who knows that Melinda is working with Nightwing, doesn't quite know the full extent of it until the end. And well, at the end, he really knows that it's Dick Grayson when he ends up pulling off his mask. But in this, the idea is... Hey, she's working with the Nightwing. We got to get him and, no, and so all this going though, down. She's more, he's more upset of the idea that she is working with Dick Grayson, who is Blockbuster's biggest enemy right now, and not even Nightwing. He finds out that they're both one and the same. And you end up getting, you know, Audrey gets to step up and run over Blockbuster. I mean, everybody gets their little part. And it's wow moments and stuff and funny stuff. And in that... You could sit there like, Blockbuster, man, he got hit by a car. You know that's not stopping him. He even gets up right away and starts yelling about stuff. But It's like a classic like action movie slash horror movie kind of thing where you just have the monster right there, and all of a sudden the car comes out of nowhere and just slams into him. Get in the car, let's go, and drive off, and the monster's getting up behind them. Yeah, and I like it. She and I, I think that much. this is really cool. I even like where you think that Melinda is in big, big trouble. She's going to end up she getting is. just tortured. And, you know, Nightwing comes Look, in. I'm telling you, she got out butt. of Blockbuster's, like, you know, control with, like, Brutal and uh, Electrocutioner holding on to her. But that doesn't mean that her woes are not over at this point in time. Yes, she's even cutting a deal with Maggie Sawyer. Like, I was on the inside trying to bring Blockbuster down. I have the evidence you need to, like, you know, bring him down completely. I just need your help and stuff like that. This is all said and done. Yes, we took down some four of his big operations. But when Blockbuster figures out that Nightwing is Dick Grayson, they are one of the same. There's still an entire city that's on the freaking payroll of Blockbuster. Melinda is not out of hot water yet. Hopefully they have enough room where Blockbuster really goes to town and really shows how big bad he is. 
But right now, you end up having all of the cops on the take. You have Maggie Sawyer doesn't know who she can trust. Captain Obvious here. I mean, you end up having former Commissioner McLean. Former Commissioner McLean. Like he is trying to play this game. He knows he doesn't have the files. I'm telling you, he is playing the devil's hand. But you know what I love is like. I have files on Blockbuster. I don't have them on me per se, but they're in a safe place. You just have to give me immunity this whole time. Oh, that's what you want? You have all these files on Blockbuster? I sure do. Blockbuster don't want to hear that. Then they shoot McLean right there in the interview room. I love the idea that McLean does not realize that when they ask oh, no. him, so so <laughs> nobody else knows of these files, you can't say yes, because if that's the case, if you're dead, they're gone. They'll never be found. Our they're- entire plan for this issue where Nightwing... The Bath family and Teen Titans all come together to take down Blockbuster's operation in Bloodhaven in one fell swoop. It's all because McLean wanted to play Big Dick McLean over here. He wanted to be Big Dick McLean. He, all he had to say was like, oh, Thank shit. you, McLean. You're the real hero. I done wrong. You kept your mouth shut. Also, in my mind, I think that I think maybe he would think to himself like, just have to stay tight. Uh, hopefully, Blockbuster will get me out of this. But instead, he's got to be Big Dick McLean because he's supposed to have those. McLean for just reminds me of that guy, that freaking douchebag yuppie guy from Die yeah, Hard. He does. And from you die just hard. want him to die, and it's so satisfying. Hey, John, I think you could get with the program a little, huh? The police are here now. It's their problem. Now tell these guys where the detonators are so no one else gets hurt. You know, I'm putting my life on the line for you, pal. Hans, this asshole is not my friend. I just met him tonight. I don't know him. Jesus Christ, Ellis, these people are going to kill you. Tell them you don't know me. <laughs> John, how can you say that after all these years, huh? That's exactly who he is. I uh, mean, to a T, even looks a little bit like him now. He actually cleans up well. Once he takes off the Sergeant Pepper's outfit that he had on, <laughs> he looks like a pretty cool dude, right? But I'm telling you, all you have to say here is... Well, I know where they are. I've left instructions. If I disappear, there's two people that are going to get this. And then he lived. He lives that. He's not going to get killed. But he's like, it is the guy from Die Hard. It is 100%. He thinks that he's being smooth and they are going to kill him. And you, all you need is John McClane up there in the raft just going, don't do it, dude. You're going to die. No, don't do it. And yeah, he ends up. And it, it's a shock. I didn't expect it. But it's it's it feels so good just because of how much of a piece of crap he's been this entire series. It's probably the I think it's the best part of this entire issue is that I I mean look at him point blank murder. Once he says it, and he's like, oh yeah, there's a file, Ooh. and they seem interested. Oh my god, the hands go behind the back, the chairs tilted. He's like, ooh, smooth smooth movement, and then next thing you know, he's like, oh shit. And look at him, he has the rock eyebrow going. And then when he pulls out the gun, he definitely shit his pants, but now he's dead. And as we all know, once you're dead, you do shit your pants. Yeah, that is true. I think he also might beforehand, too. I double shit my pants. And then when you see where Maggie, you know, sees that he is shot right in the chest. Who is in there with him? Stone cold police officer. They tell him this new commissioner shit. I'm telling you, Polly Walnuts right there. He should start, you know, leveling people off. He's ready to shoot. But yeah, in that also looks like a vampire too, Eric. I think there's a lot of vampires this week we weren't aware of. Weird things. But I, I like when she sees this because this would definitely be the the fuck did I get into? Also, the idea of this happens, she knows right away. Even when she says, "I want to know who's in there," she knows that there's trouble. Anybody is going to do this. They're on front street of like, yeah, you're not going to be able to do anything about this. It's blockbuster. He is, uh, everybody's on the take. So you're really showing. And finally, you're showing some things that aren't just, hey, fan service and this. This makes it, and in a way that we've been wanting to, 
showing how powerful Blockbuster is. You don't need to see him bashing walls and stuff. The thing is, I, I don't know. For some reason, when you have Blockbuster here, like the criminal mastermind of all of Bloodhaven and stuff like that, he is the kingpin in this. And I want to see that aspect to him. But when the whole idea is where you have the Teen Titans and the Bat family take down four of his operations at the same time because they have the files that McQueen would have had, and Blockbuster finds out about this, like, uh, Nightwing, Melinda Zuka, they're all behind us. I know, boys, let's go. When they just drive over to the blood, the, the Haven <laughs> Park and, I, and he just shoots a rocket launcher and I'm like, this seems a little low brow for you, buddy. I don't know. For some reason, like this is just this is a physical response where you're almost like a caveman now lashing out instead of actually thinking things through. Well, I mean, he ends up, he's like, I think Mr. Worth did this, and he got pretty good. He goes over with the thing. It's kind of the same. I actually thought it was to draw Nightwing and Dick Grayson out, but it doesn't seem to be. He just seems to be like, let's go over there. I want to take some execution out. Hand me that damn rocket launcher. We're right outside the gates. I'll let him know that this is my city. This isn't their fucking haven. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he is waiting for him. He does set up the libraries on fire, so he's setting up for Nightwing. But there's like, other ways to do had, it. Like in the movie The Monster Squad, when the kids were screwing over the monsters and Dracula was so bad and Dracula gets so pissed off, he goes and takes dynamite and throws it in their treehouse. He's like, class dismissed. I'm like, that makes more sense because there's Dracula going and doing what he thinks is killing kids. This is just Blockbuster having a temper tantrum and shooting an empty park with a rocket launcher. But it does, like you said, you end up having a fire. Oh, my God. The Haven Library is on fire. Nightwing goes in and Blockbuster's waiting. I thought he was going to blow the head off of that Alfred statue or like draw dicks on it or something like that. Would that have been better? That would have been better, right? He's there with the spray paint. Give me the, the spray paint cans, boys. Like, what is that? What are you drawing there, boys? Oh, my. Uh, but he does then go and run into him. He's waiting for him in the burning building. Look at him with the two kids, flames everywhere. That rocket launcher, it's like I said, it's a temper tantrum. It does not become Blockbuster for what the Blockbuster I want to be, the be the kingpin of Bloodhaven. But when Dick Grayson goes to the burning haven, because it's not, it's more than just the rocket launcher. I expected this to be a big boom and you blew some dirt up and stuff like that. But no, this, this starts a fire that starts going all over the place. And Nightwing and the rest of the crew, they want to try to save like the Haven Library and the, the Haven Churro stand, shit like that. When Dick Grayson runs into the library to make sure everybody's out and Blockbuster is standing there, this gigantic, massive monster man with his hands just overcoming two kids' freaking heads because of how big this guy is. Talking about, I will squish one, and then I'll squish the other if you don't drop your sticks and get on the ground. This is the monster freaking that I want, like, you know, Dick Grayson Nightwing to go up against. I want this to be the, the psychopath that you are afraid of that Nightwing does have to contend with. And at the end, when you just have him go up there and just beat the ever-loving crap out of Nightwing to the point where his domino mask falls off, and then <laughs> and Blackbuster realizes that his biggest enemy and his new biggest enemy are one and the same. Well, I don't even know how we go on with this series with that knowledge. Do you throw money at him to shut you, his mouth? I, maybe. Because it's the worst. I, at this point in time, you have one of the biggest, ba- the biggest bad of Nightwing, but one of the big bads in, you know, the DC universe on a crime level, you know, not just like universal level. But how do you come back to this? Because before we had him shot in the head, he didn't know who he was. And the only thing I can see from coming out of this is that everybody will know who he is. Yeah. Or he dies. I don't know. You end up where I like when he's like, let's get to manipulating and ends up stomping on his back and you get the little pain symbols. But when you end up having Blockbuster with those kids, that right there is the visual of the the great Kali putting his hand over Rafe's head. It was exactly like that. I still get Look, I don't want Blockbuster's hands over my kids. It was the great Kali. moly, the great Kali doing that slap. That was his big move. His power move was a slap, Eric. I, wrestler with Greg Kelly. I hate when you have the wrestlers. We talked about this many a time. 
But when you end up having what their big move is, the super version of another move, the super punch, the super slap. You're like, nah, it's just the slap. Oh, your finisher's a belly to belly. That's weird because you usually just do belly to bellies all the time. Now it's the Bailey to belly. Exactly. But yeah, so you end up where this is big stuff. I mean, this is crazy. And I mean, Dick has to be hurt. Look at that floor. Holy Look, crap. Not only is Dick might have been hurt, I'm, I'm going to be happy if Dick's not dead because he could be, be well dead from what he's dealing with right here because it's such a weird idea. I know you have to do what Blockbuster says. You're in a burning building with children and he's just going to pop their heads like they're goddamn dandelions. But when you have the situation where he drops the sticks, gets down on the ground, and lets Blockbuster essentially look like he breaks his fucking back like Bane did the Batman here, and then stomp on his, I mean, then like uh, uh, King Kong freaking like pound on his face, or Hulk pound on his face, I don't know how you come back from this. I'm like, you, I, I'm not, the thing is, I was going to, I feel like Nightwing, though, you, you need to get him away from the kids, obviously, but you are essentially a Batman. You are a Batman. You should be able to get out of this somehow and not let this happen to you. Happened before that domino mask comes off, it sets off an alarm and they know exactly where he is. And they well, even with the vitals, I think Oracle's right on the case. How do you come back from Blockbuster knowing who he is? And even if he gets scooped up, the the wounds that he suffered right here are enough. I'm sure we'll see some twists and turns. We'll see what is going on, how it plays out, how Tom Taylor gets out. I just hope it's something clever. That ends up making sense and not just a hokey deal of, oh, you know, I didn't see that or I got knocked out afterwards and I, I lost my memory. It's going to be the Green Goblin Norman Osborn deal every time. Oh, man, I can't remember anything that happened, but we'll see. We'll see how it plays out with that. But the domino mask is definitely off. So we'll see. But what would you give it? I love the art in this and I love the, yeah, like, I the culmination the of all the stuff they were dealing with Blockbuster to the point where we had this gigantic cliffhanger of like, Secrets never revealed. Secrets no more. One of those situations where Blockbuster knows that Dick Grayson is Nightwing. His two greatest enemies right now are one and the same. And I also like the idea of everything coming together with not only the Teen Titans and the Bat Family, but bringing in new commissioner Maggie Sawyer together to get a unified force around the police and the heroes to bring this menace of Blockbuster down and make the Blood Haven the haven that Dick Grayson wants. This is all great stuff, especially getting the comeuppance of, you know, uh, former Commissioner McQueen. Great stuff. And give this an 8.5 out of 10. Yeah, I'm an 8.5 as well. I, I liked it. I thought that the art was really, really good. And we didn't even say some of the things where, you know, they have to go and, hey, this this plane is going off to do this. And you get the, you know, characters can fly going. But I do like Wally who goes and, you know, knocks on the window. Oh, so I got a Justice League at the window. <laughs> hey, there's a Justice League here. Please? Yeah, I thought that was pretty cool. And that's where, again, it wasn't just them showing up. When you end up having that, we're all in. And there they are. That's what you usually stop at. But when you actually see them going around and doing things so that Dick, can go off and face off against a blockbuster and also maybe explaining why some of them can't then help because they're off doing their own little thing. Batman felt weird, like among all these kids in the back, like just standing there like, yeah, okay. Hey, I think that he's looking like, yeah, I'll let you guys, you know, run the show here. I'll just be here doing my thing. But uh, overall, I thought it was really good. And one of my favorite issues that we've had in a while in this book. So I was, Kind of excited about that, and hopefully it continues on. And hopefully, like I said, that we end up having some explanation of, you know, Blockbuster, what he knows, how he knows this, all this also ties in with Melinda, all that stuff going down. And hopefully it's clever enough and isn't just some, you know, weird way to get out of it because it's big stuff. I mean, this is stuff that is going to take some finagling to figure out how to get out of if you are doing that. So we'll see if that's the case. But we're going to go off right now to some mail. Mail. 
And it is time for the mail. And if you want to get involved in the mail, like Luis, who we're going to read from in just a second, email us at weirdsciencedccomics at gmail.com. And then you'll be a star of the show like Eric Shea. And here is the deal. You like that mail song more than the news intro. You don't like that news one. You told me last night. I don't remember the news one. What was the last time you did news? News. I ended up throwing it in there because we were doing the solicits real quick. An impromptu news section last night in the TGIF. Well, I don't remember it, but I'm going to say yes. It is weird. You ended up saying, I hate that intro. Well, then I'm going to go with what I said previously. Right, but you do, like the, you do like the male one. Yeah. You like Steve there with Somehow that. I'm going to make something wetter than a veteran doing something or another. And I'm like, like yeah, that. I'm down with that. You always, get, saying, you always like it. that part. Uh, but yeah, here is the male. We have one male. And it is the question of the week. As Luis does, he says, hello, Jim, Eric, and the toughest and baddest group. I know the Get ooh, Fresh ooh. crew. Uh, uh, question of the week. So last week I asked. You want to do like a seal. I'm saving the seal I cook for my meal. So last week I asked who would you. I should have said bark for my meal. I said cluck, Eric. Isn't that what a seal does? Is that like Look, when people I've known say, you a long time. This makes that, sense to me. That's a gaggle, you know. So last week I, I asked you. I gaggled on something last night. Yeah, really. I know. That's what Jess told me. Holy moly. <laughs> no, I just told you. Hey! So last week I asked who would write your and draw your story of your life. This week is who would you want to narrate that story? Now, I will, you know, step up ahead here just to get you to not be able to say the joke because I'm waiting for who's going to tell your short story there, Jim. Well, that never even crossed my mind, but bravo. Punch you in your face. Bravo, indeed. But I would have Patrick Stewart do mine because he is so classy. Yes, Patrick Stuart would do mine. Uh, who would do yours? Bill Burr. Bill Burr would do yours. I don't need anything classier than like, that's not like, you know, the idea of like, whenever you think of like, who's going to narrate your life, it's something like, you know, somebody with a great voice you always want. I would have Bill Burr narrate my story that's written by Grant Morrison, come across a bunch of nonsense and go off and start commentating by himself for a while about what's going on. It's like a cameo gone wrong. That's what you want. You want him to start commenting like, what the hell am I reading here? Oh, look at here? this guy over here. Yeah, it would be funny. Now, I want his anger to take him to a new level of like, commentary. Well, and I'm not going to tell you that my story would be great or anything, but at least know, Patrick done, Stewart yeah. might end up spiffing it up. And Eric, it might go a little something like this. Jim's life story is a short one. A very, very, very short one. He looked up to almost everyone, and while he did his best, his triumphs were easily dwarfed by others. However, don't think little of him, because that would be low, and would put you down on that wee little lad's level. Also, he was kind of a prick. There you go, Eric. It sound like that. See? That's Not pretty bad. cool. That'd be pretty cool, I mean, like, right? It's not great, obviously, but it's actually way better than it ever has any right to be in my mind. That is a pretty good story. There is the story of my life, just to spiff things up there. But with but one of your kids of read that, write that? God. No, no, I wrote that. Uh, <laughs> I wrote that. I just, I looked up, I'm like, what are the synonyms for being short here? Uh, and I also was going to put that, I had a short temper, but I thought that that was too on the nose, Eric. That would upset me, but... With Two all on your that, big that, nose. Yeah, there you go. Thanks a lot, jerk. Look at you, you freaking milk-skin-looking, no-biceps asshole. No-eyes-looking, can't-catch-a-ball jerk-off. Do you, do you actually have some kind of problem with your nose? Because I never really thought about it. I just put it there yeah, because it was on the nose. there's times people say that. You know, so I just got mad. You, I never thought about it never once, but it seems like you might actually have some kind of deep down problem. It was with one it. of those things that I ended up, it's, it got broken like 10 times, so it's kind of a little crooked. The rest of your face? Still. 
You son of a bitch. I'm going to kill you. I'm going to come right over to your house. I'll f- but with all that, yeah, if you want to email us, email us at weirdsciencedccomics at gmail.com. And then you could be part of it as well. And that's that. He also says, see you in seven. So thanks, Louise. Well, he stares into the mirror, moosing up his hair. Blows kisses to himself. And he really thinks that tear is tear. Well, that's just every Looking for a star screen or maybe a hubcap. Spends all his money buying all that crap. Well, that's just Eric Shea. Uh, Eric Shea, would you like Dice Man to do your life story? Would that be kind of cool? Who Dice Man to do anything? Yeah, really. <laughs> Maybe go away now, possibly. It's funny because having Patrick Stewart do my life story, I had told you that before. He had gotten a hold of us. He's a big fan of Jess. Eric, did you know that? And he wanted that's to do a little is. rendition of Jess and her rant, Eric. Here it is. I did find it, and you never heard it, so I want you to hear that as well right now. A little bit of a, you know, added bonus, right? I am not a crazy bitch, Eric. I won't tell you what you can and cannot do, but that is inappropriate, and I am angry about that. You hear me, Jim? Edit it out. Have fun. There you go, Eric. Have fun. I always like that one. But there is Patrick Stewart once again. I don't have Bill Burr. I don't have a connection to Bill Burr that I can get him to read things for me. Eric. But that Patrick Stewart, thanks, Pat, is what I say all the time. But here we are. We have three books to finish up this podcast. And it is funny that we kept saying the Bat oh, Family books. books. Can, can, we, can we claim that maybe the Bat Justice Adam. League is the connection to the Black Adam? And it's a weird book. And when they ended up announcing this book, and we've talked about this before on the podcast for those who haven't heard it, uh, the idea that Christopher Priest really didn't want to write this book. And then said he doesn't really know what's going on currently in the DCU. So if he does write it, he's just going to write his own deal. And then he goes, and that's fine and dandy if you're going to write something out of continuity or whatnot. But dandy indeed. But you end up where when I'm reading this book, why am I so confused? What the hell's going on? And what I really thought, what I really thought though is one of the big things in my mind, and not that Chris, it's not Christopher Priest's job to do this, but. In my mind, one of the things that people really probably are a little bit dumb on, I am, is really what the Shazam word is for Black Adam. Because Shazam. you do have other gods, though. The gods, I'm saying. Most people know the, you know, Billy Batson Shazam deal. But when you end up, so I'm thinking that what we're getting at this one point is, oh, he's going to explain, you know, we're going to see these. They're kind of mentioned at one point, but not. But then we're just throwing in Sumerian gods, and then I'm I'm completely lost. I have no idea what is going on? And I think that what happens is, and I saw not many people reviewing this either. You reviewed it a couple of others. Everybody seems confused, but they are hinging on that idea that, oh, Christopher Priest, he's a classic writer. He'll bring it around. But it's not always the case. We've had a couple instances with Christopher Priest where things kind of just fall apart. And we have so many more issues of this. And I just can't see how this can keep going on like this. You've got to get something going. That maybe the general public, you know, He's got me, nine issues to do that. Johnny, Johnny P. But I'm saying it's so over the top now weird that I'm afraid people are just going to bail. That at one point you need to get back to just, just tell a story. Just tell something that you get people excited because the movie's coming Boy, out. Adam. This seems like it's just, you know, almost like Christopher Priest. He really does try to make you work for your meal here. And I don't think that many people are hungry for it, Eric. But give us the credits and we'll go into it. 
Black Adam number three, written by a priest with art by Rafa Sandoval, Matt Herms, and Troy Petiri. And in this, we were told at the end of last issue that Black Adam was going to hell. And that may or may not be the case, because what we get instead of Black Adam and any kind of hell that you may recognize is that we have Black Adam going back into space, like we saw previously where he was taking on Darkseid and Desaad, and knowing that's not Darkseid. Darkseid wouldn't be able to go down that easy. But in this whole weird turn, we go to the idea that he's in heaven slash hell, just the afterlife in general. Maybe, and that the Sumerian gods, the ancient Sumerian gods, are the one that are doing this to him. Because I mean, even when you have the idea where you know Desad put that necrosis on him that made him start to die, to pass his you know powers on to Malik. That is that the idea that it was the Sumerian gods, or is this all just him experiencing it again while he's in hell, and then having to deal with the Sumerian gods who this want to play Neil Gaiman with him with the idea like. Are we the gods that people worship, or are we just a thought that were brought into existence? Are we not the gods that you were like, you know, the original gods that you then turned into other gods? I'm like, we just have, you know, Sargon, the, uh, like of, uh, of uh, what the hell is it now? I can't even think about the Akkad, Sargon of the okay, Akkad, Akkad, going and being like he's a ruler of like ancient Samaria, but now he's going to fight the bull of heaven while he, you know, goes and monologues to Black Adam about existential meanings of gods. I'm like, this is not what I want out of a Black Adam book, especially when we spend the other part of the book back in the hospital with Black Adam's dead body. And we're thinking to myself, well, maybe he's not dead because we start thinking about the idea in there. You have Theo Adam, but you also have Black Adam. Are these one and the same people? Did Black Adam die and Theo might still be alive in there? Can I use my power as a doctor and not only a doctor, but the power that he gave me to bring Black Adam back to life? These are cool moments because it actually elevates Blink and gets away from that annoying character that we're presented with in the first issue. But when you go to the afterlife with with Ishtar and freaking, you know, uh, Sargon and the, the Heaven's Bull and then impaling Sargon with the horns of Heaven's Bull, I'm like, I don't know what the fuck you're saying. Uh, yeah, me, and that's that's the thing is you hate to talk about a book and say, I don't know what he's getting at, but I don't think many people will. I think it's played it's like, off that way. You got to go way. back there and read the Epic of Gilgamesh, make sure you know about your Sumerian gods. Like the Yankee. <laughs> With that, <laughs> no more Yankee, my Yankee. You end up where, when this is going, one of the things that plays out and it plays out visually is as you have, you know, Black Adam in this afterlife being talked. And you said it's very, you know, American gods-esque deal. And we get this a lot of the idea of gods aren't worshipped and they don't have power, but is that? And they're kind of questioning them. And the idea, we're not getting answers. We're getting a lot of questions. But they're kind of like weird in the way they play out. But you realize that trying to deal with the redemption of Black Adam for what he did to get his power to the path he chose to get to this point where he's dead now, and the you know what family means and being able to steal the power to then pass on the power to have some sort of redemption. And in the afterlife, and just dealing with Sumerian gods that seem to want to fuck with him, I just, maybe it'll get there eventually. But right now, it's like Urshkagal is going to do some stuff over here. You know, I'm the sexier than my idiot twin, and all this other stuff. When you're, you know, like. What are we getting from it is, Ishtar it's, it's and frustrating and stuff like that for like, you know, ancient Sumerian religion? Like, you want to talk about the Anunnaki? I'm like, you're not getting it here. No. And my my big play here and you see it visually, you see like what would be the classic looking Black Adam in this, you know, afterlife in heaven, whatever it might be. And then when you go and see Black Adam on the table, then that's the sexy looking. So you see that visually different deal when they're saying about hey, maybe he's alive, but this is two versions or whatever. You kind of get that visually. So I'm interested to see how they play that out. But why is it where you end up having Christopher Priest come in here and he's going to tell a Black Adam story, obviously. He didn't want to at first, but he's going to. He ends up going, Black Adam, even though he is in the Just League, you end up Bendis and throwing him on there, never really explained. I don't know that many people know 
a lot about Black Adam as compared to some other characters. So if we had a Superman or a Batman, Wonder Woman, all this, and you're playing this idea of dying and going and this, I think you'd be on better footing. It's just here is you, you don't know. And I think a lot of people who would have picked this up are like, well, is this normal Black Adam stuff? Or what's going on? Who are these people? And what are these gods? And is this the gods that I'm giving them power, which they're not? And then you even have them mention at one point, and I think that it's getting lost in all this well, translation. I'm telling you, when he just starts fighting Sargon of the Akata, this whole thing, like, and you start waxing poetic, you know, as you're beating the crap out of Black Adam in this afterlife, what if your gods were never gods at all? What if they were bacteria, biological particles, and sub-absorption nebula, clouds of gas and dust you flew through in your explorations of space? What if? They read your memories, your experiences, and gave you what you what wanted. What you wanted. And the idea of what you're just like, look, I'm not, I don't care about you guys. I just don't care about this. And as for death, we're like immortals. We crave that shit. I don't know what the hell you're getting at here. And I'm like, yes, Akala, the Dua, hell, is Kondok? Welcome to the ghost of Christmas future. And then he gets impaled <laughs> by the freaking he- the fool of heaven. I'm like, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about, Sargon. Yeah, and then with, uh, you know, Mr. Blaustein. Who's there? Who oh, the is State helping, Department? The State Department that's helping. He's Malik, a Draculus. Even, even yeah, and and it's weird, like even that. I love calling Black Adam a Draculus. I like that part. Everything actually, I like everything that we do in the present day in the mortal plane. I got confused. It's mostly just freaking Malik trying to figure out why he's dying. If it's not some kind of space disease that some new god put on, is it the idea that somebody's been poisoning his tea and then he has a teacup and all this other stuff? He is playing, you know, doctor slash detective, and he's not being infuriating. So I'm like, I like this part. I don't because you start off with, hey, we got to see if he's okay. What? What are you, his friend? I thought you were his handler. No, he's my friend. An Arab guy and a Jewish guy? That's fucked up. And then later, then it kind of twists to him going, yeah, I don't really care. He's a Draculus and he killed people. I'm like, where? What happens from the first page to then? He seems to flip flop over and I can't really get a grip on anything that's going on at first he's saying he's a friend not just handler then he's saying well it doesn't matter he's a draculus he killed a lot of people so <laughs> really it doesn't matter then that other doctor comes in that Malik cape, knows he's because he's the deal and then they're fighting about it he's Hell, showing peak. the credentials and i don't get the concept by the end i'm telling you that that blouse he flip-flops like three times throughout this of i don't get what you're even there for i don't get he's there to spout some stuff but at one point He's at, then he's against Malik. Malik's like, I'm a doctor. No, you're not. You're just I think mostly he's student. here for is to allow Malik to go and be, do the stuff he does because he is from the government. He is able to take command of this hospital for the most part and make sure that the doctors and the higher-ups of the hospital stay out of here while Malik, who is just you know a med student, gets to do what he wants. I don't know. I, I don't know the rules, but it feels weird to have it where you're a guy who's the, you know, a statesman from Condoc, but now you're in the U.S., you're in Washington, D.C., in a U.S. hospital, but you can demand that an intern diplomatic is immunity. able. But it's the diplomatic immunity, I don't think I could just go and say, I mean, really, hey, I want Eric to fly this plane. Oh, well, he doesn't really know that diplomatic much about it. I don't immunity. care. Well, it's been is, revoked. Yeah, you can say what you want, but I know I'm not going to get in trouble for it, because you know why? Diplomatic, diplomatic immunity. immunity but yeah he ends up like <laughs> i'm taking that shit by force there's nothing you can do about <laughs> it's it it's just weird he's like oh and by the way i don't want this person in that movie he's going I'm way off the top here. left and right yeah oh my goodness gracious he, he's all mad plus i want you to bring back firefly he's just doing wacky things but the idea of him doing that it didn't sit but it's okay that that's a comic book thing but I just don't get the idea at the beginning. We got to save Theo. He's my best friend. 
What? Well, he's the Draculus. He kills people. So what does it matter anyway? I don't know what you're saying, dude. Yeah, you're death going is back a weird time for a lot of people and how they deal with it, Jim. The weirdest part to me is in how with the Sumerian gods to the point where Sargon gets impaled by the Heaven's Bull and then Black Adam says, no, you cannot die. Pulls Sargon's mask off and it's an aged up Malik. Yeah. No. And then <laughs> oh, Malik, no. at the same point where Malik is using his magic to bring Black Adam back to life. Man, to all I can think heart. of. Luke's in that tree on Dagobah. Shit's gone wrong, Eric. So when when you're going through this, though, what I'm saying is about the stuff with Malik. Yeah, that's a little better, but it's not quite that at points. Like maybe we were doing the Flash at one point. We didn't love, you know, the whole idea of a Clipso story, but we love the kids. So it made the issue worth it. The Malik stuff doesn't make shit worth anything. This book has a lot of problems. This book has a dense wall to get through. To even try to pick and choose what you might like. The concept of Black Adam dying, and let's see how this goes, may have a new but that's interesting, but it's getting lost in the day. And this is what you end up a lot of times where Christopher Priest, what he does, he ends up not wanting to tell a straightforward story. Now, some people, when they don't do it, they'll get things out of time, they'll mix and match, whatever. No, no, no. He makes things so dense. Of things that may not mean anything. I'm going to warp your mind because you don't know what you're going to be reading. But I don't know what at the end is going to be like, oh my god, that's why he had Sargon? Holy crap, I didn't see that coming. I mean, I just, I wanted to go into this, especially with, you know, the movie coming up and maybe this out of continuity, you can tell whatever story you want. Just wanted to know a little bit Look, more you know about Black I Adam. Know. That's the rock with superpowers with Dr. Fate and Hawkman. But again, yeah, <laughs> but in this... It's a weird play. What I really think, and when I said about Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, stuff like that, this feels like one of those books where you've had a character like a Batman. We've seen every story ever told. So you have to do something wacky because you've never seen it before. Not with Black Adam. There's not a lot, especially for newer readers. There's not a lot to really grab onto with Black Adam. And you go into this, and I think that it might be one of those where people might confuse Black Adam in the idea of him just being confusing. Oh, man. That Black Adam, I'm glad I didn't read a lot of that because, boy, that's crazy stuff over there. But this is just almost feels like it's crazier than it needs to be almost to mess with you. I, I always feel this way with Christopher Priest stuff. And he hasn't really been hitting that much with me, at least lately, especially the stuff Ever. over at Marvel as well. And that Justice League stuff that he did was nonsense. I mean, we did like Deathstroke, but even that people will not admit that it fell apart by the end. That it got real wacky, ended up having to throw Batman in it even to kind of get sales and whatnot. I'm trying to think at what point did it go crazy because I think it even started crazy. Because I'm telling you, we got Wallace on the Defiance team, which I was all about the Stroke Squad. But I think before that, he had stolen like his speed force, went back in time, and we caused, you know, Wally was to have a heart problem before that went away. And it got crazy. And then when you yeah, remember that Batman versus Deathstroke and everything like, like and then Deathstroke died, came back to life, but then another version of him came leprosy. out of the multiverse, and then he had to come out of hiding from his... Uh, then yeah, we had a lot of problems with Deathstroke, but there's some cool that stuff. were aliens, that the alien Hobo invasion, that maybe the guy was crazy, but it never really was resolved that well, and it was just that crazy guy. Was he, was he not crazy, and all that stuff going. And then you ended up even having, say, uh, Tanya Spears, she disappears in a rift, they can't get her, She's she might now. commit suicide, all this stuff going on it just but it always ends up where when you're reading it when you're reading it you're just like what's going on here and uh yeah that's kind of where i am here i i'm not really enjoying this i'm more confused than anything else 
Uh, the art looks pretty good. Oh, I and like I do, I like book. Malik. I like him. And you're right in this. At least he's just doing things. He's desperate. He's trying to figure some things out. Showing that he's a leader and not a walking pop culture dispenser. And it's it's a weird play. Like, you, you almost seem like Christopher Priest has to set up these barriers for him to get through to do just his normal stuff. But when he does it, he is on the case and shows that he's smart, shows that maybe he doesn't sure want to do. I'm Black Adam because it seems like the idea is like, whoever did it got to his teacup. And I'm like, we never really got back to that. I'm hoping now that Black Adam is alive because we used the power to restart his heart and bring him back from the friggin', you know. The underworld. Um, I'm hoping that we get to like you know more of that in the next up issue because this felt like a weird detour. Because when I saw previously Black Adam in Hell, I'm like, oh man, will he be able to find redemption in Hell? I want to see Black Adam in Hell, what that looks like. And now I saw it, and I don't ever want to see it again. So I hope we get back to the way the story was before we went to Hell. Yeah, we'll see how it goes because, like you said, you end up having the bull of <laughs> go and impale, and and then Sargon, he ends up an Sargon gets impaled. And then he's, yeah, he's an agent. And even the idea, really. is this heaven? Is this the underworld? Or is it just the oxygen-deprived brain creating hallucinations? Like, we don't have any answers to anything in this and issue. I, again, I don't need you to start, you know, waxing poetic of, is religion something or is this just, you know, the, the graspings of Neanderthals trying to grab, a, like, let's just tell a story here. I, I've heard all this nonsense, and most of the times the guys are sitting in a room high as a kite yelling the shit. So when you go yeah, back to when you end up having, you know, Black Adam come, it actually is the, you know, Black Adam, Black Adam, not the sexy Black Adam that was in the bed before. So I don't even know if that's a and mind of it's whatever. Black Adam, but when he was in the bed before, he was covered in necrosis and tell. No, I'm saying you look victim. at his hair. The hair is the tell. The hair oh, okay. is the, the luscious hair. hair. He has a Bram V looking hair at one point. And when you end up having the and Dracula he's looking up, he's hair. Draculus. Yeah, that's the Dracula. Okay, so at the end, he ends up going to stand up. He's got the Dracula's hair. And you're like, oh, shit, what happened? Because they were saying maybe one of the parts of him is alive, one of them is dead. It's power. kind of a deal, and let's see how that plays off. But the it's wolf just, man. just a weird book, and it's very hard to talk about with the idea of the Sumerian gods. That I wish that it was just – I wish that he ended up going and he had to face off against the gods that actually gave him his powers and had to kind of – you know, tell them, hey, I we used the powers good. Powers, and betrayed your nephew. That's what I wanted. That's as easy as I wanted it. So then you could get people on board with actually knowing, okay, you know, we'll get some of the things some of the time about Were what you powers. Were truly a champion? Yeah, I, that's all I kind of needed in that. And I think it could have played out just the same of but seeing him kind of going and would have to go and confess his sins to the powers. That ended up powering them up. And maybe they, you get a little play there, a little, you know, fancy play of they weren't really necessarily wanted him to get it. You go back to that idea of him stealing it, but you never, like, we haven't even dealt with that again. So it's just him. What's the hootie think about all this? Yeah. And I want to know what the hootie thinks about it. He's probably good at a party. Sounds like a real cra crazy guy, right? But yeah, so with that. Yeah, he's all about that, that wisdom and stuff. He don't go to parties. I think that all that, but. Really, that's the one that we usually hear a lot of is the Zahuti, but you don't even hear that. And I think that that's a misplay because a lot of people don't know a lot about Black Adam. You don't have to come out. This doesn't have to be, you know, a lesson through and through. But you could have played the thing of like, OK, I'm going to be writing this for a lot of people who don't know the character. Let's make it fancy, but let's actually tell them some things about him. And you don't really get that here. But Malik is pretty cool, like you said, when he figures out and he's like, maybe it's the cup. That's kind of neat. And he ends up sharing the power as if he's doing the, you know, clear, ba boom, but he uses the Shazam power. That's cool. And shares the deal. So we'll see how it goes. And when you end up at the end, 
I'm just hoping that the next issue that you get a hold of me because you review it and say, hey, this is a little more, you know, clear cut. This is one where it was crazy because sometimes Christopher Priest will even do that. He'll make it so crazy, but then he'll give you that issue where like, okay, that makes sense now. I'm just worried we're never going to get there, but I don't know. What would you give this? I ended up giving this because I like the art and I like the the continuation of Blake here and not hating him, a 5.5 out of 10. But all the stuff with Black Adam and the afterworld really threw me for a loop and I never want to have to see that again. And I, I don't know that we will. I mean, it looks like it was just there and then we'll go. Well, hopefully. And maybe it wasn't. Uh, That's I'm a the five. This issue. You don't I'm know what's a, happening. Yeah, I'm not an FU5. I'm a five. I just, it's one of those things we were talking about on the TGIF. Uh, deal of that dark crisis young justice book you start to get to a point when you're confused about a book and don't understand it you you keep waiting wait you get to a point where you've had enough and you need answers or at least see a direction i'm at that point next issue when we say we usually give something three issues i have no idea like if i had to really explain what this i'd just be like well it looks like black adam thought he was fighting dark side he got sick oh, dude he i died the thing well, is, it'd be so hard train of going to a comic book shop and what's on my pool so this is getting dropped at this point yeah that's what i'm saying but i i hope next issue plays out it, it's very telling only four reviews not many people are reviewing this so it shows that not many and They're i see for the, the movie i see the stats eric not many people are concerned with this book which is a shame you like black adam i mean we didn't really even I point like it out family. you really like the marvel family and black adam so you, you were excited about having at least having a black adam book but there we go we have this so uh hopefully it'll get better but we'll move on to the next book and the next book is a book that me and you were enjoying a lot before it ended up deciding to have a Harley Quinn crossover, which was very odd. But we're back into Gotham, but for how long, Eric? At what cost? Catwoman number 46, written by Teeny Howard, art by Sammy Bassery, Vicente Sifuentes, Jordi Belair, and Lucas Gaton. And we end up having Catwoman. She's there. They're going to play some of the under, you know, underworld stuff, a little black mask. Just seems like a weird play. The underworld stuff with the vampires and the werewolves. Well, the under, you know, the underworld of the oh, the, 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 the crime, crime families, and and I I thought that Not there's the cool a, there's still a weird play here. Like it doesn't feel as smart as what it started out as. It feels like some of these characters aren't written as well as how Teeny Howard started out or run in my mind. And you are still dealing with. You know, Ico and things like that, but it's more to get Selena out of Gotham, and it's such a which weird I thought idea because we're, we're just getting back to the idea of where we started the series. And I feel like it has to be editorial telling her, like, you have to do Catwoman a different way because it keeps like you're getting interrupted with the idea of Black Mask and the rest of the crime families in Gotham, which has been really cool. The aspect of this book, book that we want to see more of. But even when we had the last day, it's like, OK, Black Mask, he's fucking pissed off at Catwoman. He's bringing in Amygdala, which I love the fact that we continued on. Even though I didn't like Tom King's Batman run, Amygdala got his hand cut off in that series, and he has his hand cut off here. I'm like, good, that's some continuity that I love to see. But he brought in Amygdala to be his big, heavy muscle to finally kill the cat. It doesn't work out. But for some reason, we are playing this aspect of the crime family so small in this. Like, There's some really powerful stuff with Ico, which I think is really good. Even get Ico back in the good graces of the rest of the crime family, so she eventually she can say, fuck you, and take over. But we're just spending that... But when you spend so much of the book dealing with the background of Batman and Catwoman to the, the like, the 90s, and, like, even, I'm not just saying the 90s, but there's a great 90s Catwoman costume in this. But yeah, you like The that. relationship of what Batman and Catwoman is, 
And then the relationship of what, you know, uh, Balmont and, you know, Catwoman is where we are now. It feels like a lot of catch up. And then at the end, it's like, I got to get out of Gotham. I need a vacation. I'm like, no, no, we just got here because the whole idea was you getting out of Alley Town and doing Gotham proper once again. Why are you already saying, I yeah, got to get out of here? Yeah, this book is all over the place. Like, it's weird, Can you figure right? out what you want to be? Because I'm just, at this point in time, we are leaving where it feels like, like the big part of this book. Eventually, I hope she can have a fun little jaunt of like, you know, stealing jewels in Europe with Valmont and come back and finish the story because it feels like we're leaving this wide open. Yeah, it's weird. And, and the problem is with me and Teeny Howard, I've read a bunch of her books at Marvel and even say the stuff that she did, the X-Men books and things. She was the reason I stopped doing an X-Men podcast. And it wasn't because her issues were horrible. It's because they were boring. It was because she ended up again, like not seeming to know what she wanted to do. Things meandered about. That's what it seems here. And the weird play is who got to her with those first three issues. Those should have been almost written before that first one kind of came out. You'd have, you know, a couple those were really good. And then it seems like they, but they sold as well. But somebody, like you said, it seemed like they got to her and said, no, 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 you have to do this. Get Harley Quinn in. That really took a turn and really felt like a completely different book. Didn't even feel like the Selena that we had set up in the smart play and this, you know, crime boss stuff. So then you get back to it. Like we said, and we're like, thank God, that stupid Harley stuff. It's gone. Let's get back to it. And when it gets back, yeah, like you said, the Ico stuff is, I still think it's a little bit overdone. I think there's too many pages of them just sitting there talking. It's okay. We like Ico. Well, She's going to go. Saying, it really plays on what we dealt with before with the Valentine Ryan, right? with who Ico is, her background, and, and the we relationship like between them, because it almost feels like a love connection as well that they're like putting on hold yeah. because of their professional careers as, you know, Catwoman and like, like mob boss Ico as she is. But like it, it felt very personal and it was felt like it was written very well for what they did. Even the idea of like at some point I need you to make sure that you in front of everybody else betray me as Catwoman to make them know that you are not my ally at all. And we have to get to that point. And then we immediately rush to get that shit done. I'm like, there's a weird play by the end that I'll ask you about. But even then you do, you know, do some things that I do like, like you said, but I'm telling you, you didn't need. They're just sitting there eating shrimp for like four pages. And I thought and the dialogue goes All real I heavy. Did was make me want to eat shrimp. Too. I know. I was wondering it as well. <laughs> would you but get that shrimp? I think that, that what happens with Teeny, Teeny Howard extends these conversations. She does this a lot. And, you know, this is probably one of the first things you've read. And just this is a common thing with her where are these conversations going. It's fine. It's It's not bad. But then you go back and when you end up having this, and I'm I'm actually interested in Valmont as well, almost like playing off her version of Ghostmaker, even the, the weird play. But even then, when you go back to Black Mask and the gangsters that it seemed like Teeny Howard was setting up something pretty cool to make them a threat, make them this whole deal and having the inner workings and things. And now they become. Pretty much. I waited for Cisco to walk in. It's like, hey, you having a He-Man and Woman Haters Club, too? All right, let's go, boys. And I thought, boy, that's what you're getting down to? We're playing. I don't like the ladies. Let's let's do this because we hate the ladies. I'm like, it almost became Wonder Woman at a certain point. That's with what Black it was Mask. like Wonder Woman. I waited for and Cisco to show. Exactly. And, just say, and it yeah. really bothered me for the idea of the He-Man Woman Haters Club out of nowhere just because. It never felt like that, but now it's because, you know, no. Ike goes there and it's just like, all right, this is what they're doing in Wonder Woman. We better have a stance over here about our bad guys hating women as well. And I'm yeah, like, why? Why would you do that? You don't that? need that. You had set up a pretty smart going deal where you even had this idea where some of these crime families were not really down with Black Mask, but they were afraid of him because he's so crazy. And he was taking advantage of that, saying, I'm the only one who will do what you won't do. 
I'll kill the Catwoman. So then they were even going even more of, okay, we'll deal with him because he'll get rid of the Catwoman. Then we'll, we'll see what happens later, but we want to get rid of the Catwoman, so he'll do it. That kind of gets pushed aside. The idea of the mask, they even mention here, you've been crazy, said, but you don't really get that play anymore. Everything is dumbed down too. We hate the things. We're going to call this the Gentleman's Club. We don't oh like the ladies. We hate the We're ladies. We're all better class of man. We back our threats with direct action, real violence, not the deception and shadow work of women and thieves. And also, and, and it's a little thing that's been a little pet peeve of mine recently, but the idea that you're fighting amygdala, and I, I could even say to you that at points I'm looking at amygdala, I'm like, I think they might have drawn an arm at one point and then just took it off because it's so clean, right? At one point when they're on the docks with Ico, Migdolo does have two hands. They screw that up. But when at the big fight, he has one hand and I was happy about it. When he yells, I smell you, kitty, and he's yeah. like, Rah! it looks like maybe they took that hand out. Like It was oh, like, good. okay, we'll take that there. That's fine. But yeah, later it's off. But when they end up, she knocks him out. Belmont's like, okay, what do we do now? And then we have to have a panel. Well, well, he has mental problems, and he got hit before. It wasn't me. They did it. They took they out his amygdala. His amygdala. And I'm like, we don't need this. Just come on. It's amygdala. We get it. Like, Let him have it go. just because how often does anybody see amygdala? Well, that's fine. I'm saying that it's more of the idea of, well, he's not really a villain. We had this. He Batman's is. hugging people. I mean, that's what I'm saying. He's a villain. But yeah, well, you know, he's kind of the, you don't need that. You don't need to throw that in after you see this guy running around trying to kill her. I mean, we that's had a Migdala and Arkham in one of the series we did. I forget which it is, but when he's just being lunch lady at Arkham, like, that's what I don't need. Yeah, you know, yes, the, the, the hairnet hair and stuff. Yeah, 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 he's yeah, like no hair. yeah, he doesn't. He doesn't need a hairnet. What are they doing? Uh, but yeah, with that, it's, oh, you know, it's complicated. He's there and we're getting this. I'm like, I don't think Valmont's listening to a word you're saying. Valmont will kill him. And when you, you well, might turn around Valmont, now and kill like, him. What we're doing with Valmont, Valmont is just a tool at this point to get from K column A to column B because, hey, Valmont, you're a guy who gets things done. I might want to go some places and, um, you know, you could be the guy. And the, even the idea, like, should I put it under a fake name or Selena? You know, I'm like, Everybody knows that Selena Kyle is Catwoman at this point. Calm down with that. I don't even know why we're trying to play that out, but it seems weird because when we have Valmont doing this, we have to get this job done because Selena, and she needs to get out of town because Gotham just is not the right place for her right now, even though it's the whole idea was going back to Gotham proper. But we're doing this while they go and shop for Darius, you know, Tomasa's freaking son. And we like, like, I like seeing Darius, right? But we don't need three pages of shopping. Darius is not leaving the apartment. He's busy no. taking care of the kitty cat, and that's how he pays his rent, by taking care of Selena's kitty cat, which he will continue to do when she's in Europe or wherever they end up going. But it's just Valmont and Selena in yoga pants going to shop for Darius and then talk about what they need to do. And it feels so weird. I'm like, why is this a part of our book? And the idea, like, don't you ever sleep? This is the stuff I worry about, Teeny Howard. She does this stuff. Darius, he wants to go to Capullo's Meat Market, but he can't be seen there because his father loves Capullo's Meat Market. When later on, we have to go to Capullo's Ristorante. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you have to. Everything's named Capullo's. Oh, my goodness. And then even here, here's the deal. There's even the play. And I, I don't know if I like it or not, but at least we know it's out and about. Darius, we know that his, you know, lover, he's gay. He's next in command. His yeah. boyfriend's next in command. But you have to have that in the He-Man Women's Haters Club. We know we know that your son don't like the ladies. <laughs> it's like, my hey, son I is don't have to me. a son. No I'm like, my now. All right. At least we have it out in the open and we know that. But it just everything seemed forced. Everything with the. Prime bosses, the the men in it, all seem forced. 
all seem over the top, but then by Villain the end, in, villains incorporated over here. Yeah, Greg. yeah, it is. It's just uh, we hate the ladies. Can you, you like Don the ladies? Trusted? Look at Don Tommaso Federico. Your son Dario shames you still. We know he. We we know he will not bet a woman. Yet he sniffs around after the cat. I no longer recognize his son Dragos. Snow a god on is my heir now. Hooray, let's drink to that. To power, gentlemen. <laughs> Actually, you say that. It does feel like everybody's a robot. That's all of those guys. They're like, you type into the robot of mob boss talk. Hey, your son, he shames you. He won't bed the ladies. I'm like, really? Like, you're doing that? But he sure sniffs around that cat, huh? <laughs> uh, you end up having... You know, Selena and I go, that that is the better part. And that's the part that we like because it does go and talk about stuff from the Valentine Ryan. Even when Selena says in a in a sly way, which I like that kind of comes in at the end of, Hey, you still got that cat cat suit that you sure wore do. pretty sexy. Yeah, I sure do. I have it all right. Well just keep that in mind because we I might can't need wait it. for that to come back one day when we have to have Selena finally come back to Gotham and deal with black mass stuff because why are we taking vacations like in fucking Batman during the like the end of the Tom King Batman run when he goes on vacation with Selena, which ends up getting, you know, Alfred killed during City of Bane? This is the big part where, like, you know, we're making our push to take down the crime families in Gotham. We made Black Mask lose his goddamn mind, but now he's making another foothold in this territory. And now we're going to take a vacation. I'm like, no, this is not the time for that. I, I don't. I'm telling you, by the end, I don't know what's going Ico, on. And I, I don't it. know the play because Ico sets up this deal and. I thought that the play was, oh, my God, Ico was double team, you know, going and double trying to dealings. say, hey, double deal. I was going to say double teaming. That didn't she's work out. Teamed. But ends up saying, you know, she's going to set <laughs> up. But, oh, my God. She was actually setting up Selena. But Selena asked her, hey, we got to do something that makes it look like I'm dead so I can get the hell out of here. I'm Selena, go I need off, you right? to come to my yachts by yourselves. This is not a trap, I swears. And I like that Ico Classic ends up Ico. playing it right. I mean, Ico <sighs> is smart. And that's why we like her where, you know, Black Mask. Hey, get her here. We can have some dinner here at the Capullos. And really, I'm going to call Selena and say, come to the mob you know, restaurant. And went, there's the no way she's going to come. Best hangout spot. It's a cool play that they had already set up this knowing because, again, it's showing you these guys in Black Mask are just idiots. So, hey, no, no, I'll tell you what we do. Here we go. Hey, baby, want to come on my yacht? We'll have a good time. All right. See you help. there. Yeah, and then ends up, you know, hanging up. And then Selena even plays it out. Pretty good acting. Like, no, don't tell him anything. What? And then she hangs up I on him. Like, no okay. acting. There's still a lot of explosives on this yacht. So even the idea when, when Aiko tells him whether she knows the trap or not, she gets on that yacht. There's enough explosives that nobody can survive. I'm like, I'm still wondering how she survived because they do blow up the yacht and Selena oh, yeah. just swims away. It often, it often seems like the play is as long as you hit the water, nothing can hurt you. Every action movie's taught us that. And even then, it's like not even like this explosion sets her like flying off on a wave or anything. She just swimming. Conway swims away. And just holding her breath. I mean, there's a lot of shit that can go down wrong there. And you even have it that, you know, Iko's kind of looks like she is kind of waiting. She's stalling like, screw that. Give me that. Boom. Blows up the yacht. So then Selena comes out. She takes off her mask. She grabs her thing. Valmont and her get on the motorbike and they go off. Now, is the play. Hey, I want you to think, I want all the crime bosses to think I'm dead so I can yes, go that's off what I and think do things. Done. Yeah. So why is Iko dressed as Catwoman that looks like she's going to go around as Catwoman now? Because you have her up on that girder and you even have Selena go, ha, there's Iko. 
She's in a Catwoman outfit. She, why are you doing this? Why are know, you playing that? Is, I wanted to have a thing when they eventually got back where everybody thinks that like Catwoman might be like the, the phantasm or just some kind of specter out of nowhere where she's in two places at once. I don't get it, boss. I don't know what's going on when you set all this up to make it seem Catwoman's dead and it looks like immediately Iko's going to take her place. That's why well, that's Selena said I, earlier, I, do you still have the cat suit? That's I have why. to assume, though, this is going to help Aiko in her way to take out the rest of the crime boss. She's the head of the table, at least. I, I don't I know how we're going to do it it's yet, It's a though. weird play. It's like, listen. Do you spend your time with Aiko and Gotham, or do you do it with Selena wherever she's going with Valmont? I, I don't know. And I just get the play of this whole thing. A yacht's blown up. Selena almost dies when it just looks like, hey, I want you to be Catwoman a while, and I, I'm going to leave. You could have just done that, it looks like, unless they are going to play of a phantasm sort of thing. But it looks like Aiko is going around. As kept, that's Ooh, again, that's yeah. the only reason without her saying, Hey, do you still have that cat woman outfit that you had? It was pretty sexy. Do you still have it? Yeah, I still have it. Still fits. Good. That's part of the plan. That then was the setup of, Okay, I'm going to leave. You're going to dress up as cat woman. I'm like, Why do you have to blow up shit then? Just I don't even know why you have to there. do that, though, even I with the know. idea of when, because Aiko is a mob boss. She's got other shit to do. That's what I'm saying. Why are you Unless doing that? Unless it's a plan to help her take over. But now she's just a one woman wrecking crew where she has to play Aiko and Catwoman. But then you have I, and then you have Selena, who is leaving town, doesn't seem like she has to. Seems like she just needs a break. But if this is so important, stay there and help Aiko as Catwoman and have her be the crowd. I don't get it. I don't. Well, I have to see. Oh, everybody thinks you're dead. But when I'm sitting there thinking, everybody thinks Catwoman's dead. And immediately you have Ico dressed as Catwoman up there. And like, there she is. She's ready. What? Why Catwoman's are you doing dead. that? Oh, hell, Catwoman. Like, is this supposed to be like the craziest thing where they decided, well, what? But here's the other play. If <laughs> This is so ridiculous. Everybody knows Selena's Catwoman. So is this to well, make it? And here's the thing. You said that. Is this a play? To then eventually get it so that the crime bosses uh, think that Iko has been Catwoman all along. That takes Selena Kyle off of that and gets her identity back. But well, why? They just why saw do... her blow up while they're standing next to Iko. But I don't get it. The idea of her dressed as and looks like I. I don't think she's just there to wave goodbye and say, "Look at me, I'm in the outfit. Look at me." Nostalgia. Remember this as you drive away. This is for you, Catwoman's. While the cat's away, Iko will play. The end, she's fully dressed as Catwoman, ready to go be Catwoman. Why? You just set it up so you hoped everybody thought Catwoman was dead. I don't get it, Eric. I don't get it at all. It confuses me why you would do this. Set up this whole thing to get this extravagant idea of her being dead. And then you just, well, no, we want it sleep. No, it just doesn't make any sense. But the idea, like you said, I like seeing Iko. I thought the art was pretty good. The the motorbike actually looks like Frankie's bike from sure the back girl. Burnside back girl. Yeah, and it's gonna start talking to him and shit like that. I love that motorcycle so much. I went back. I have an Imaginex uh, version of that Do motorcycle. You? I love that motorcycle. Um, it does look a lot like that too. Uh, I love when you have that windshield that really doesn't do much, but it's there anyway. It shields the wind for your chest. Yeah, your chest and maybe your hands. Maybe it'll be your face. Yeah, I don't know. Valmont's way over there, the double demon. Yeah, but Valmont's this normal-sized man. Yeah, I like Valmont. But uh, I, I like him, but I don't. It's a weird play, but I don't mind him. They're gonna go off and Catwoman's even then, Ghostmaker. You, even then, like, you, oh, you know my name? Yeah, we all do. <laughs> but yeah, it, it like you said, he is that deal where he can get them anywhere they want. They could go and do whatever. So we'll see. And 
I, I just wonder because this feels like it's now going to go like, hey, we had the Harley little deal. Now we're just going to have capers. Well, that was and- the thing. We had the Harley deal. Now the idea is like, I need to go on a vacation. Now, like, I need you to tell me what the greatest heist is right now because we're going to go and do it because we need to get back to heist stuff because I'm Catwoman. Like, don't interrupt your normally scheduled Catwoman programming to go do freaking weird jaunts on our. Tell the story that you were telling because that's the best part of this book right now. You end up where Selena's there and she's trying to bring down crime families in Gotham, make things better, all that Let's stuff. Go steal and some then shit. out of nowhere, she says, You know what? I got a bucket list here. Because while I love the Batman, I also hated the Batman when he told me I couldn't steal shit. So let's go steal some shit. Yeah, let's steal some shit because he said I can't steal shit, but I can steal shit. Boy, I love him. He means so much to me. Roller coaster ride of emotions. This weird play where she's like, it's a test to see if she could trust Valmont a little more, but it doesn't really play out. It's such a why is she doing this? It feels I wish that there was more of an idea. Maybe she did, you know, done messed up with Harley and everybody's and I got to I got to get out of here till the heat goes down. But it doesn't seem to be the case. I don't know. Then we get I we wanted Iko as Catwoman, but I don't know. This is a weird play. We'll have to see how they explain it. But right now it's OK. This wasn't a great return that I thought it was when I saw that we were going to get back to some crime family stuff. I actually was a little more excited thinking that it was going to be a little bit better and go back to where we thought that this book was pretty good, which was about the first three and a half issues. We thought were really, really good. Since then, it kind of went weird. Well, I think that we were still going. And then all of a sudden, that fourth issue, I believe, is when they ended. All of a sudden, everything just ended and we went off to Harley and stuff like that. But with all that, what would you give this? I like the art in this a lot, and everything with Ico and calling back to the Valentine run was great, and even the idea of Ico becoming Catwoman again. Don't know how it's going to work, but I'm interested in that. I like that aspect, but if it is 6 out of 10, I just wish we didn't have the He-Man Woman Haters Club and the idea of, like, let's interrupt Catwoman once again to go do different stuff out of nowhere, because that feels really off. And I'm I'm a 6 as well, and I, I hope something comes out of this that's pretty good. We like Ico, but it's weird, too, because you end up having the same, pretty much the same exact mob bosses the same exact people there's you know finn mcgulligan whatever you know mr hansy mcgee he's out of there they say he's punch drunk whatnot but they end up you have almost the same he's crew. scared of the kitty cats yeah we have almost the same crew that we did at the beginning so why all of a sudden are they changing so much into this he-man women haters club before it was the idea that they begrudgingly let Ico in Ico had that deal of Hey, I'm used to when I'm with these guys. They're like, gentlemen, let's start this. And she's like, yeah, I kind of get used to that. This is the boys club and I'm kind of pushing the door and whatnot. And that felt more clever than then just going to this and getting to pretty much surface level. We hate the ladies. That women we suck hate the ladies. God. Oh, my God, the ladies. And it just lessens everything. Really? So we'll end up seeing what will come about from that i'm a little worried here uh but maybe i mean and it's good that we like the beginning resemble anything that wonder woman's currently doing well no and it's a weird play and it's kind of the thing that we're kind of not the wonder woman thing but we're saying the same thing about the next book which is harley quinn that thing yeah and the thing that why because it started out good and harley did you had some good moments in this kevin we thought we'd hate we love you end up Solomon Grundy was a gem in this he's book a, with Harley. He's even more of a monster now, Jim. And we kept giving it the idea. Fear State derailed it. You had some tie-ins, but we're well past that. I can't say that that's the case anymore. Something is wrong here, and I think it's the writing. I think the writing is piss poor. 
and you end up having Harley that gets worse and worse to read. And I'm not just saying the book. I'm talking the character. She is nothing in her own book except an annoyance to everybody, including the reader. And I have had enough. Plus, then you get this crazy, wacky situation. Just because it's a Harley book, you can't end up getting other characters and make it wacky just because. Because this Harley seems to be fully tied in to the regular continuity, and you can't play that game. But it's Harley Quinn number 20, written by Stephanie Phillips, art by Jorge Duarte, Simone Bionfantino, Ramallo Fajardo Jr., and and World Design. And yeah, they're they're in space, right? You get that. And there's even some mentions here. There's even some mentions in this where you have, hey, haven't you watched that movie with the aliens? But it's never clever or funny. It was aliens. I wish, I wish that at one point, like Harley, they're like, yeah, I saw. And she's like, well, fill me in because I didn't. Or something where Harley keeps doing the wrong things that are kind of mimicking the movies and things. Or we saw at the beginning, she's watching all the aliens movies and they're like, what are you doing? She's like, I'm doing homework. This is what happens when shit goes. None of that. It's just thrown out there. It's just thrown out there. Well, even when you have the idea that starts this whole thing off and actually, you know, it's like a precursor to our entire adventure after, you know, metal happened. Element X was on Earth. And if you knew the right place, like, guy, you could get a little bit of it. Luke Fox went and did this. And it's such a weird idea because he has this Element X and he's like, that, like, I thought I could control it. That maybe in time I could understand it, even use it for some greater purpose. When he has the Element X, it seems to be already a dark mass coming out of the box that he, I guess he Amazoned it in. But I don't understand because it shows him a future where everybody's dead and there's a gigantic monster. So he's going to go and send it to space to make sure to the JLA watchtower on the moon because there's better defenses there, even though we haven't seen a single defense since we actually started going there with our just our task force. We X-X. haven't seen any of those defenses so that they said. It's sent. a weird thing where he saw this future and he's trying to prevent it, but he ultimately the catalyst because it's what he saw in the future where everybody's dead is what is coming back to Earth now at the end of this issue. But I don't know why any of this is happening. Like the idea of like it's already been mutated by this dark multiverse, which they don't talk about here. You just see a black mask and you assume that goes with it. I don't know why that's the case or how he got into a box and then how he did any of the stuff to begin with if he already unleashed and stuff like that. But when you have our team where we have the element X that's been mutated by the dark multiverse on the moon, it takes over Lashina, it sucks her in, and she, but we have our team freaking out. But then you have Lashina. Hey guys, why are you all hey upset guys, about things? Up? What's going on? I'm just Lashina, like always. And then everybody wants to kill her because obviously she's a space zombie, but nobody wants to just like ask her questions and stuff like that. And then it consumes Solomon Grundy. And then you have a Lashina Grundy spacesuit mixture monster thing that looks more like John Carpenter's freaking the thing than anything from Aliens. But now it's a self-sentient kind of thing that's not just Lashina asking questions. Hey, what's going on, guys? Why are you afraid of me? Now it seems to be its own thing and says, I just want to know what I am. But that is, seems to be a ruse as well just to get close to people. So I don't know what this thing is. <laughs> I know. Or how I don't either. how this is going to work. But on top of that, you have freaking Sarah Payne, who was v- previously Verdict in this Harley series. You know, the girlfriend of Kevin who wanted Harley dead, who for some reason is on this team that doesn't make any sense. But now, since she was just a GCPD officer, but somehow she knows everything that Bronze Tiger did in the Suicide Squad from 1987 to 1989 for when Amanda Waller's niece got killed. I'm like... Who the fuck are you? How do you have these black ops files? She says she's read the. I read the files about you. What? You gonna get us killed like Florence did? And you're like, what the hell would she know this? And why would this be in the files? Even with that, these are top secret Suicide Squad files. This, yeah, you call it the Suicide. It's not the Suicide Squad. This is Luke Fox, who in his 
fucking backyard, made a spaceship and lifted you off. Now, all of a sudden, they're playing it out like it's this full out Suicide Squad government ops deal, which it isn't. She says, though, that she read these makes no sense. And it felt like this was like out of the blue. Like we saw Harley. Hey, you want to go to the moon? Sure. Okay. Lift off. Like, where is she doing all this reading? I know that the bronze tiger don't kill no more. (laughs) Like, okay. Really? Oh, you know this, do you? And that's why the bronze. Where did he bring that samurai sword from? (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. He hid it, Eric, in his prison wallet. You end up all of that is seriously, if we want to get back to what we said we don't need. That reminds me so much of what they do in the Wonder Woman book where they just throw a character out there willy-nilly, throw something out. The idea that Verdict knows this stuff about Bronze Tiger makes no sense in any of this book or how it was set up. Also, as you said, where are the defenses? I was really hoping it was Killer Frost because she spent some time in the Suicide yeah, Squad she would and maybe know. word got around. But for some reason, like I was hoping that- Even like, she would no, know, right? No, I know exactly. But I could try to at least make that work in my mind. But it's Sarah Payne. She should know none of this. Yeah, Sarah Payne, who then, like I said, Stephanie Phillips just looks up and says, okay, what can I tie in with Bronze Tiger? Oh, he got mad the one time he was with Lashina on the team. I'll go with that. Seemingly why she picked them in there. And I'm it's you, just why nonsense. do you revert everything back to what Bronze Tiger went through almost like more than 30 years ago for the thing that you want to tie into? He's done other things since. To the first and last appearance of a character that they ended up having in the Suicide the Squad movie. It's the first one of Suicide Squad books. Yeah. And she was in there the one time and ended up dying. They ended up changing her around a bit, but was in the movie. But even then. Oh, she in the movie? I don't remember that. Yeah, she was actually one of the girls there that they say that uh, knocked out Amanda Waller at the end, actually, is that character uh, in a weird way. I I ended up like, and I think maybe that was the clay. Like, oh, she's also here. But it's just, it doesn't make sense. This is the idea of making something happen in the book to prove that you're smart or know it, but not doing it smart. You end up having a character verdict that should know nothing of this. She was in the but this gruntled GCPD been. officer who started taking out eyeballs. A GCPD officer that ended up getting upset was actually on like the disability you're at the desk deal, but now suddenly knows secret files as if they're playing this is a legit suicide squad with Amanda Waller at the head and she ended up walking in and going. This is Luke Fox putting together a willy nilly team to go and cover up. And she doesn't make sense to be a part of it. Yeah, no, none at all. But it ends up, you see here where you start to see these like strings connecting the deal. Okay, yeah, Bronze Tiger. That's the only reason we have Lashina and Bronze Tiger because of this moment. Like, really? Like, that's the tie in? And then you have to have somebody know this where maybe it could have been Harley. Hey, didn't you have problems with her before? Like, Harley's been on the Suicide Squad, not that one, but still, like you said, Killer Frost, whatever. But you have Verdict? doing nothing well, I'm but waiting that. for the next big turn about who this could be because while we have all this going on there's a lot of stuff that doesn't make sense while we just have a Lashina Solomon Grundy Element X monster coming for our team while they're bickering about each other Luke Fox loses like you know the control of the situation loses communications with his team and he says to himself fuck I said I wouldn't call John I can't call John I'm like who the hell is John what are you going to play with which John are you calling are you talking about you know John Kent Superman because this is asking at the moon you talk about John Henry Irons a steal who are you talking about? I thought it was Steel, but I don't know. And I'm, I'm with I you. I don't know anybody named John off the top of my head who's associated with Luke Fox. Yeah. So we'll have to see now if you said I don't want to call Jace. But even that, they're on the moon. I exactly. mean, seriously. And when you go, one of the things you said that I, I want to repeat again, the idea of 
where are these defenses? Now you're saying, oh, the power's Tom and down. Bundy punched a door open at the end. And that's the funny deal where they, they try to play it off. Oh, the power's down. What? They don't have a generator? Well, you're starting to get silly to try to make your story work because you really played off the idea. Luke Fox is not a dummy. He ended up putting this, you know, symbiote deal of Element X on the moon, which is also weird for him, almost like it feels like, yeah, I'm going to push it over there, <laughs> let somebody else deal with it, and now realizes, oh, crap, I have to go do this. But the defenses aren't there. You never see any of that. You end up going, and there's no, you're, you're playing the idea of the jokey Harley, but there's no real jokes. There's nothing really that funny going on. So it is a shame. Until then, Harley has to be, oh, I'm going to play the juxtaposition now that she knows everything. That's kind of boring. It It just ends up where... Nothing is good here. It feels like a story that wasn't very well thought of or thought out before. And you just throw people into situations and try to get it almost feels like it's an escape room uh, as writing. They're thrown here. And Stephanie Phillips is trying desperately to try to make it make sense and get them the fuck out. But it's not working. It's not working, even to the point where you have Solomon Grundy and Lashina, where you saw Lashina. Hey, guys, what's up? What? I got something on my face. Oh, my. you're, You're a symbiote. And then when they get no, Solomon Grundy, it morphs together. Guys, what is life? What is love? What is love? Baby, Baby don't, don't hurt me. me. Don't, don't hurt me. me. No, no more. more. They're going full out trying to kill Solomon Grundy and Machina as the steel. They're not even saying anything like, hey, wait a minute. Those are our friends or those. Are the... They're just going and trying to take it down, but can't. And then at the end, you just have Luke Fox. Now he's getting in trouble with the government. And they're like, oh, you're in big trouble. And then you end up having Symbiote Goo go and I, because it went to the teleporter. Oh, no, it's at the teleporter. It's going to go to Earth. Slideways. This is such a surface level bunch of bullshit storytelling. And I don't even want to say storytelling because it's just a hodgepodge of characters just thrown together. And just, hey, we'll have him do this, this, this. Oh, at the end, I need not to even care how this works, though, because you have the monster come down, take out the military that wants to take out Luke Fox or sitting out a freaking space, you know, a spaceship out of freaking, you know, America's orbit. So they're obviously want to talk to Luke Fox, to take him down for what he's doing right now and also attacking the movie. His possibly. daddy's going to be in and he's going to be well, very the angry. Lucius knew this shit was coming. I was like, if I knew it was you, then everybody else is going to know it's you, too. So, but. The monster comes down here, kills all of these, you know, military officials, and this is, hello, father. So I really need to know what's going on with this, because even when Luke at the beginning of this is talking about how things transpired, the idea, like, this thing put a a vision in my head, but it was like, element X, the 10th metal, a metal so pure it's said to be made up of pure possibility. And then you see it spread out of the container that he bought it in, like, get out of my head! (laughs) Like, (laughs) the idea is like, once the dark multiverse was discovered, this metal came to our Earth. Most, of course, taken by the Just League. Some available to the right price, the right buyer. I thought I could control it, like I said before, but... What the fuck was he doing? This element... And the thing is, I got the impression previously that he... The the dark multiverse had mutated on the moon while it was kept there. It seems like it was already mutated when he bought it, and I don't understand why, because it comes out like it is a Venom symbiote, and it gives him freaking visions of the future. He's like, are these real, or is it something they implanted in my head? So, almost like the idea in the Black Adam book, like, you're telling me a lot of stuff, but you said it could be this or it could be that. It could so be that. Or it might be that. Anything but we don't know what issue. it is. Yeah, you don't get anything. But what I get is a Lashina freaking, you know, Solomon Grundy monster that calls Luke Fox daddy. And even at the one point, you end up where you have Killer Frost. And again, Stephanie Phillips seems to be getting like, she has these little bullet points. Okay, I'm going to have it so that I tie in Lashina and, and Bronze Tiger. Well, we'll get that. I'll figure that out. Suicide and then you have stuff. to do the same thing with Killer Frost. 
oh my god, this power that I got that I sucked the life out of things. Right. But it, I have but it a never really does anything. Is, I remember that part from Justice League versus Suicide Squad. That's what it was. Justice League versus that. Suicide Squad. And I had a problem with that because all you're doing now, because I like Killer Frost, she absorbs heat because she's always generating cold. She wants to be warm, yep. but like the, the more heat, she, that's why she's a Firestorm villain. That's it why it's sense. Firestorm. But yep. when you say the idea where she gets superpowers because she sucked on the life force, man, all you're doing is making her parasite. Stop making yeah, her parasite. That's all you're doing. That's all you're doing. And it doesn't do anything for the story. Well, that's the thing is, Killer Frost is just going to be the linchpin to our whole situation. Is the Element Axe tried to suck on Killer Frost, but it turns out she sucked on it a little hard, sucked out its life force to the point it's where it slides out of here. Everything Everybody's sucks getting there. sucked on here. Yeah, I think that you're going to have that play, but also the idea that it's already so forced. What am I? Well, just really, make what Killer are we? Stop and then it. the hello, father. It's going to be like you're my creator, but didn't you want me? Oh my god! And then it's going to. She's going to try to make it parallel. Lucius and Luke, and it's going to be so bad. It's going to be so over the top bad with this idea that I think it's going to be people shedding a tear when this symbiote ends up being destroyed. I and won't oh tell my, you this. I just the wanted to live the there. issue is when Luke Fox is all pissed off, doesn't want to have to talk to John, whoever John is, but apparently, whoever John is, he's outside because Luke's just walking outside. But when he walks past the Batwing costume, like, there's still a chance that Luke could get inside that Batwing costume, and that's all I mm. want. I mean, even. <sighs> We said it last issue, the idea of like, he's a smart guy and he ends up doing this. He should have been able to do it remotely. So right there sets it off. And even in this, where we had that really hokey deal. Well, they didn't have back, you know, they didn't have generators to back up if the enter- if the uh, electricity went out. And I'm like, really? Like, you're playing that? Like, I'm trying to remember if they ever rebuilt it after Mongo destroyed it. <laughs> I know. She ends up having to, and then it's like, well, guns can't fire without oxygen. Yes, they can. No, they can't. Yes, they can. But also, we have some trees here. That's a smart way to have oxygen. Almost sure that she thinks people are going to say, well, base. if the electricity's down, how do they have the oxygen in there? Well, it's the trees. Like, every bit of this is her trying to cover up the mistake she just did two pages ago. And he, you don't get a story. You don't get a story out of it. I don't have any idea what this element X. We never saw anything of it like this from it before. And yeah. it just ends up being a parasitic. It's a pure, it's pure possibility. It's just the possibility is bad this but time. But it doesn't understand why it's alive and what's the meaning of life. Can you tell me that, Luke? Fox, is this going to be a dark crisis tie-in where it's actually the dark crisis and the great? I mean, the dark, the great darkness and the almanac. I told you this could easily tie in with as much as that Young Justice does tie into the dark crisis. There is no way DC's letting this shit. Get any sort of tie in with that. They already have some problems. What are you over talking there. about, Jim? This Next week nonsense. we have the Legion of Superheroes versus, you know, the Justice League, where the Great Darkness is a battle. That also man. doesn't have it. There. <laughs> I don't know. But yeah, at the end of this, it's like, really? And when you get it weekly, very weekly, you realize, boy, this, this sucks. Like, this is nothing. So the art's okay, though. The yeah, art's okay the art. through that. But yeah, I mean, Harley doesn't really do much either she just yells stuff and annoys people at one point each issue somebody has said to harley will you just shut the hell up you're annoying Usually and you're you. distracting well bronze tiger did this time last time it was uh verdict so you end up having it each issue here yeah well there she is she's gonna be the linchpin as well she's irrelevant. yeah it's just odd. Just odd. A character that was just introduced, and now all of a sudden she's on I'm this murdering. team that makes no sense. So with that, what would you give it? I like the art, but not much else besides our little moments here and there, but I'll give it a 5 out of 10. Yeah, I'm a 3 out of 10. It's just a nothing story, and we're getting it too much. It's nothing but too much, but 
with all of that yeah that was a bummer but we go off now to the book of the week what is your book of the week nightwing is my book of the week i can't remember which issue it is but it's Nightwing. it is 95 Nightwing 95. 95, that is mine as well. And I want to now check the right on the money, too. We have to go check the poll on the Patreon to see what the Get Fresh crew, uh, uh, who they picked for it and what they picked for the book of the week. What? Batman Superman World's Finest, number nice. six. They picked that. Nightwing only got one vote, Eric. <laughs> it wasn't even me. It was me. <laughs> one vote. I don't get it. But. That's what they picked. And close up in second was Batman One Bad Day, the Riddler number one. That's a shocker. But it's a divisive book. A lot of people like it. A lot of people don't. Nah, I don't know. Book of the Week, though. That's tough. But yes, yeah, some people did like it. The reviews, as it goes on, and this does happen with books like this, like every day another review pops and the, the review score is going down for That's that. because they're scared. They got to come in late to hide their that shame. That might be. Well, they're, they're, they're like, hey, is anybody else going to say it's bad? All right, now I could go in. That's what we used to think. I still might. But next week, Eric, next week, what do you think we have? Well, what are the uh, possibilities? Action comics. Is it like that crazy element <laughs> S that it's just made of possibilities? What we have is Action Comics number 1046. We're going to end up having the War World saga coming to an end, though we will end up having an annual as well to get then cow to go back to earth that seems to be the big thing that it's they're a really pushing cool cover for steel like but it's a really kind of a portrait look on the cover but well i think it's cool because it's steel without his mask on but steel in the steel costume doesn't much look like steel to me okay well there you go but yeah we end up where i don't know it's, it's, push now. it's weird too because the, the big push now with the action comics is to get to 1050 that is the one that they keep pushing i keep getting things about it and they're doing interviews and stuff so even the solicits for these issues we're getting now just keep going with the 1050 coming up. And I'm like, come on now, we're going back to Earth. Cal's going to get there eventually. Plus, this war world, Superman's it's a big gonna thing. Tell everybody he, that he was joking about being Clark Kent. 1050. Right. Hey, everybody, I was joking. JK. We'll, we'll see. I just think it's going to be like two pages. He comes in and is like, yeah, by the way, the Just League just called me. They need me to go do something with them. I'll be right back. And then he goes and dies. Uh, but we'll see. We'll see what that is. But I'm still I'm still liking the War World deal. I just it's gone on a bit too long. You need to get it over with and hopefully it'll be over with a bang, not a thud. But we hey, look, also the World World stuff is fine. It's everything else with the Thanagarian warships and the Genesis arc and what that means with, you know, light ray becoming resurrected through ancient Mongolian. I don't even I say Mongolian Mongol technology. Yeah, Mongol. But the idea of her coming back as the Black Razor when she's from a tangent universe. We have not dealt with any of these character traits. Like, we'll see. There's so much going on in this that I'm like the world world stuff would be great right now if we just got that. Yeah, yeah, that would be cool. But he got really big on the fables and the intricacies of the war zooms. And if you have the Genesis piece here from the and the bowels of War World, then it becomes. You get the power of this ancient god that nobody wants. And if a good person gets it, the, hit, the universe can be saved. But if a bad person gets it, guess what happens? Bad stuff. Uh, so if I got a bad stuff there. You have Deathstroke Inc. Number 12. Deathstroke Inc. Number 12. I'd levitate that shit down. That's what you do with it. Deathstroke Inc. Number 12. That you were more into the Deathstroke Year One story than I was last issue. Year I hope one, to get on board with three, you. Where it's Green Arrow versus Slade Wilson. Yeah, and we said at the end, For that's the first kind of time. cool. We'll see how it goes. We have Detective Comics number 1063. That's Ram V. And we were a little confused about it at the beginning of last issue, the first part of it. And we wanted a little more. 
and a little more focus. It, it seemed a little scattered. We'll see how that is. And even I then, I don't even remember what happened. Remember me and you were like, comics. we were looking at the deed and the mayoral deal. Oh, and we shit. were wondering these are, these what was the, going uh, on. Eastern European Arkham's, right? Yeah, yeah. Coming in with a bunch of other stuff. Yeah, that and a bunch of other stuff. We have Harley Quinn number 21 continuing this nonsense. Hopefully it picks up. I mean, it only takes one issue to elevate something, and we hope we get it. Her covers are cool. Uh, Justice League versus the Legion of Superheroes, number five. Oh, the penultimate, Jim. The origin of the Gold Lantern. That last issue, uh, number four, actually sold well. So it actually, like, better than it had been. So that shocked me. But we have that. Then we have a big one. The Clune Rads, and I believe Stephanie Williams are both doing this together. The Olympus Rebirth, number one. I think that's what I saw. It might just be the Clune Rads. But you end up having... The idea of Hippolyta ascending. So we'll see how that what are you talking is. About? On the cover of that, it says, Your gods have returned. I'm like, They've been yeah, back. I know. They were gone for like a hot minute. Eric, everything's messed up in those Wonder Woman books. We'll see what's happening. Dead Man's probably going to ascend. I don't know. Robin number 17. There you is go. That a finale? You the Robin deal. I believe that's the finale. And that should lead us right into the Batman versus a Robin deal. So we'll see how that goes. We also have Task Force Z. Number 11, a book that seems to get lost in the shuffle a bit in my mind, but we like it enough. I hope that it ends well. I want that to end like, okay, that was worth it. It kind of got really... Jim, we just have... We we ended the last issue with Bane actually being a resurrected version of Gotham Gotham with a bunch of venom inside of him. How could it possibly end well at this point in time? I don't know. Maybe they'll explain it, Eric. But then we have the finale of the Swamp Thing, number 16. Will we find out more about Levi? Or will it be all about Trinity? What do you think? What do you think it's going to be about? Because I hope. Well, if you remember the last issue, like the finale of the last issue, I just wanted to say the cliffhanger, not finale, but when you had the idea of a swamp thing with his powers back and he's taking on Mr. Pilgrim and the Avatar of Gears and he's like, you all shut up because this woman Trinity has something to say, the Avatar of Radiation. Do you have something to say? (laughs) I think I do. I certainly do. <laughs> That's why I'm afraid. I'm afraid, but we'll Trinity, see. an avatar that just, who's an idea of atomic energy that just came to life, been alive for like a week, decided to choose sides with Swamp Thing for no real reason except for the thrill of just choosing sides, is now going to talk to the Avatar of Gears, a parliament that was just created a week ago, as far as I'm concerned. In the meat factory in Detroit. Where's Jack see, talks it, more. You end up, yeah, really. I, again, a lot of people keep telling me that the Swamp Thing is the best book they've read in 20 years. I want it to be the best book. It has some ideas, some concepts, because that's all it is. It's playing on the ideas of ideas and concepts, but it's a bunch of ideas and concepts with not figuring out what those are ultimately. Yep. And like you said, Jack Hawksmore, like he throws things in there was no reason and then for never Jack gets Hawksmore. back to him. And I am thinking that if we get to an ending and I'm like, that wasn't much of an ending. I'm like, he is really got a plan that he Season keeps three. getting them. That he keeps getting them to give him more. Because, but seriously, I need to know what's going on with the Swamp Thing and the Green at least a little bit as we go out of here. Hopefully, we will get that. And it's a funny thing because usually what you'll get is if there is a continuation of things like this, if there is a war for the Green, that probably would have been in the November solicits, and you would have played that idea of waiting uh, like this long. Jim, that's obviously a spring book. So maybe in the spring, yeah. But we'll see. We'll see. I'm telling you, season three. 
Like this time we're going to talk. I don't know what we would talk about then. We're going to be out in outer space and we're going to be in hell and we're going to do this because why did did you even have like how Jordan showed up? Everybody was so fired up. I'm like, dude, that was cool. Yeah, it was cool. But what did it do? That's his deal. It was a concept. Powered up Levi when he didn't have a connection to the green anymore. But it didn't. It just was a concept in my mind. It was just something that seemed cool. So let's throw it in, but never really was explained or really spelled out very well. But with all of that, and you know, the attack of the you know, the, the green from space. But we end up, we'll see how that the is. Space we'll the Space Force. They look like giant, like, you know, jellyfish. But we need them to be called down because Guy is in trouble, Jim. Hedera's taken on the problem of the gears. We need backup. Yeah, I don't know what's Space Force. Now. And then Trinity. Everything just ends up with Trinity like, I got it's something so to cool. say. I'm just looking for Levi to I do something. I certainly do. I want to see what happened to, what, was it Jen, his girlfriend? Yeah. That he, yeah, well, what the fuck happened to her? I think she might be dead. She just actually she might be a pack of smoke. Maybe we're gonna go on a date when I get done being swamp thing. I don't know what she's doing now. With all that, two of those books will be picked by the badasses to be on the badass spotlight uh, show. What is that? The Patreon only spotlight. It's the spotlight show only on the Patreon. Two books picked by then. Me and you talk about them. It's usually Thursday night. Actually, it's always Thursday night. And just as a little bit of another incentive for the Patreon, patreon.com slash weird science. This show next week, we're having a show, and then the week after is Patreon only because it is an annuals week. So to listen Pretty to low, our spotlight Jim. episodes, and they're sitting there. I mean, all the times that we say it, they're still there. A lot of shows. You can end up listening to all the things that you want. Just join up, patreon.com slash weird science. And then again, the big thing is the annuals week. You'll get to hear the whole show where there are no limitations, I hear. And, you know, Eric doesn't wear pants during it. It's pretty crazy. But with all of that, that's it. That is it, everyone. Thanks, everyone. Check the show notes for all of our links to everything Weird Science, including even our Marvel stuff and our manga stuff, indie stuff. We have all sorts of comic book things going on around here. But, Eric, what do we say at the end? Everybody have a great week. Keep it weird. We'll see you in seven. See you in seven. Go read comics. You are all weirdos. Weird science is the revolution. Weird science is the revolution. Weird science is the revolution.